Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. Listen to this. This is the tape I found downstairs. It has been a number of years since I began excavating the ruins of Kandar with a group of my colleagues. Now my wife and I have retreated to a small cabin in the solitude of these mountains. I believe I have made a significant find in the Kandarian ruins, a volume of ancient Sumerian burial practices and funerary incantations. It is entitled Naturan de Manto, roughly translated Book of the Dead. From the gnarled woods of Michigan to the sun-kissed skyline of L.A. We are Halloweenies! You said, I hope you understand when you read this letter that you're better off without me. Cause around me is stormy weather. Stormy weather. And always surrounds me. Happy St. Patrick's Day, trick-or-treaters, dreamers, campers, suspects, and deadites. I'm your host for today, Michael Maniac Ash Rothman, sitting here at Dino's Bar and Grill, nursing a cold one, and trying to think of which song I want to put on the jukebox tonight. Hope it's something good. Apologies to Nick Hexum, and maybe even Chad Sexton, but green is the color of my energy tonight and no not because i'm wearing a super cool silver samrock shirt or because i'm half irish but because i'm feeling lucky punks and punkettes because tonight's the big old halloweenies bar crawl and uh we're going to be visiting the very best watering holes from all your favorite horror movies 10 and all in fact uh we're gonna have a drink at each and every one of them and by we i mean my boys who uh (laughs) just got back in town uh first up He's the tall boy of your dreams, and he comes with no suds. Justo, tell us if you have any memorable St. Paddy's Days of yesteryear. Hey, this is fake shimp, Justin Gerber. Uh, <laughs> happy to be here, as always. You know, it's funny. I feel like St. Patrick's Day always falls on a very inopportune day, like mm-hmm. a Wednesday or a Thursday, where I have to go to work the next day. So if there's ever any celebrating going on, um, it's usually on Fridays and Saturdays, and it's you, know, you, can't, you, you you pick your hot spots. You try to offend as many Irish people as possible who are genuinely trying to celebrate the holiday. Oh, yeah. And that's how I like to spend my uh, St. Patrick's Day. It's usually a post-St. Patrick's Day. You know? are, are you uh, Irish at all? Do you have any Irish in your No, I, I, it's uh, Jewish and Scottish. Finally, we found one. Uh, that's me. <laughs> Scottish. Interesting. Yeah, well, you know, think about it. I got My brother's name is Mackenzie. That's yeah. my mom's side of the family. And then my dad's side is Gerber. So I'm like, I think I'm quarter Jewish. Um, uh, like, and then I think my dad's mom's name is McCullough. So it's like a little half okay. Scottish, quarter Jewish, quarter in, insane. Completely insane. I was just <laughs> completely gonna, yeah, insane. The, what, what's the Tommy uh, Palmisi? Tommy <laughs> Oh, God, what a great sketch. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting you say uh, offending the Irishman because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like the Irish don't get offended too much. No? Maybe not? Maybe yes? Uh, well, I mean, there, there's a lot of drinking going on, as we'll learn shortly. 
That is true. You know, I, it, it's from our, kind from of one a, of our other co-hosts. <laughs> that, yeah, who will uh, certainly extrapolate on uh, the Irish men. Um, how did I not make that connect when I was writing the script for this episode? The fact that we have an Irishman bit and we're talking about St. Patrick's Day. I mean, we're going to have to talk about some gabagool today. Um, you know, maybe bring I would some, hope so. Yeah. Well, yeah. Speaking know. of the Irishman, The Sopranos. I mean, and The Sopranos, <laughs> one of yeah. my favorite Irish shows of all time. Oh, it's such a great show. And the Sopranos. I, I they, they always have that uh, that that great dinner where they're eating you know potatoes and um, you know uh, corned beef and hash and, and yeah. Was it know. Tony McSoprano or something like that? Yeah. Well, I McSoprano. <laughs> Uh, that should be a bit now. We should have uh, the, the McDonald's sign with uh, the Mick on there. Oh, but, no. um, uh, so here's a question. Mm. Can you pull off green? Um, yeah, I think so. I, it's just not like a color I just pop on here and there. I don't, there's no sports teams I'm affiliated with in which I would wear green. I feel like the last time I really wore green was when you were in elementary school and you didn't want to get pinched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about thievery. I mean, literally pinched on the skin if you didn't wear green. So, yeah. and then that, I think that evolved into just, just wearing like a green little shamrock on your shirt mm. after that. Yeah. Do you but, still do uh, that now? Green's not a lot. Not, no, because now I, I, I'm so tall. And usually in March, I, it's um, it's so cold. I'm like usually like in my winter jacket. I'm 6'3". Yeah. So I probably look so intimidating that nobody would even want to pretend to like, oh, you're not wearing your green jacket. And then I start swinging violently. That's- it's true. Yeah. And that's before I get drunk. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember if we've had a memorable St. Patrick's Day in Chicago. I really can't remember. And I'm sure it, there were parties, house parties back in the day. But uh, yeah. Guys, you're not going to believe this. They didn't have it plugged into the wall. Ladies and gentlemen, is that our third co host? Oh, it is our yes, third co host. Uh, <laughs> you might know him as the bad boy of Blue Island, the rock and roll in the Rock Island public house, and Chicago's best bartender, uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, that was. That was my nickname, Mike, uh, best bartender in Chicago, 2021, according to the Chicago Reader poll, Vanderbilt. That's uh, I'm here. It, it, what a fitting month for you to become the best bartender, because my first question to you is, uh, is St. Patrick's Day the worst day of the year for bartenders? Absolutely not. If it is, get out of the fucking industry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have, I have a real issue with the constant, well, there's a stereotype about bartenders as being very all we do is complain, and but it's kind of embraced. The surly bartender, the surly, the surly server who doesn't like people. Like, if you don't like people, you're in the wrong. Oh, totally. Business, man. I believe it. Yeah, that makes no you sense. You deal to with me. a lot. Of, you deal with a lot of ding dongs, and those are certainly the best stories. Nobody wants to hear a story about. Oh, this guy comes in every night. It's great. We talk about movies. Uh, he tips appropriately, and he leaves before two a.m. Nobody wants to hear that. No. Yeah, everybody wants to hear about the guy that I have to kick out for not wearing a mask, or the dude that had his dick hanging out. You know. I've apologized uh, profusely. <laughs> Do you, do you think that if, if Cheers was still still around, uh, that Sam Malone would have to kick people out for not wearing a mask? Um, do you think, you know, in Boston, that he'd have that problem? I guarantee oh Norm and Cliff God. would not wear masks. Yeah. No way, no. Cliff, definitely not. Cliff wouldn't, yeah. No, Norm, maybe. I don't know. Well, no. Cliff might have to because of his job. Though. Oh, that's right. No, he would be joining in his little mail truck. The, the truckers, the convoy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, think, I do think they would have gotten more TVs at this point because yeah. Cheers only had one television. Now, I wasn't drinking in bars in the 80s, so I don't know if that was typical, but it's certainly different than it is today where there's a wall of televisions in every bar. Yeah. You know, uh, when Rock Island was first opening, they considered not having televisions at all. I, I'm kind I of... I like a lot of 
places tried to do that, but then they realized that, that you just you gotta have it there, for, especially on the I'm weekend. on the fence, like, on the fence like for a, TVs. You need, like, a background noise, though. Yeah. Yeah, I... You need I, something playing in the background, because it'll kickstart conversation. Well, I feel like yep. you can teeter really quickly into the being a sports bar, especially if you even have, like, somewhat food that's involved. But I feel like you do a good job in making sure that that doesn't happen because you're playing more horror movies. I mean, before the call, you mentioned that you were talking, you're, you're watching Evil Dead at the riff. So, you know, I, I you guess know, you have to shake it up if you're to avoid well, being to, a sports to, bar. To that point, it's like, you know, there was that whole thing where, like, places like Kuma's Corner mm -hmm. and Three Floyds out in Munsters would not play sports at all. And they would just play. They would. It was very strange though, because at, at Kuma's, oftentimes they would have music videos of like mm -hmm. old. It was like old rock, like like heavy metal shows on MTV from the eighties, like with Adam Curry hosting. You know, real real tough stuff going on. <laughs> but but then they'd have different music playing at the bar, and so often I'm like, just why don't you just play what's actually on the TV? I would rather hear this song than another. Another similar heavy right. metal song. It was very strange. Right. We're kind of figuring it out with uh, things we want to do where I need to get the, the sound hooked up to the speakers overhead because I was down at a place in Nashville that they did video jukebox, or not karaoke, but video jukebox essentially where they had a sign-in list and you would ask them to play a video and they would play it on YouTube. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And you'd watch it and I'm really and i totally going to steal that for Rock Island Public Works when I can figure out all the tech. Well, but we were talking. Do you want to have we to sit there and search for them all night, though, <laughs> or, or is there like a thing that? Well, you people... can you can put together. You can put it in a queue. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah. you could go like if it was running out, you could go hit a five. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty uh pretty cool idea, and that's one thing like me and Dave Brown, the owner of Brackham Public House, always talk about. Like you got to steal, you got to mm -hmm. steal oh, all the best ideas. And, and make it your own. I mean, we stole the drive-in, essentially, from Joe Bob Briggs, uh, but that's ours now. Well, he didn't but, corner the drive-in. No. You know, he might have the <laughs> last drive-in. He the drive-in. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't think that actually he, happened. He, like, walks over to Bruce Campbell, and he's like, hey, that Evil Dead tour you're doing, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're fucking up my territory, man. Um, but, but, uh, we, oh, we were, but we were talking about, like, playing stuff on the TVs. I remember yeah. years ago when I first started at Rock Island, and a guy came in in the afternoon, your typical kind of, you know, bro-y polo shirt, like, obviously, like, on lunch from work or just getting off, you know, and asked, he was real, he was real meek about it. He goes, hey, I don't know what kind of place this is, but would it be cool if you put on the golf match for me? Okay. I'm, Fuck yeah, like, it don't matter. If you ask yeah, me nicely, pay, I'll put you're on. You're going to pay to sit here, sure. Yeah, whatever yeah. you want. I ain't want, and most people, whenever they ask to put on a, a sporting event, they don't watch it. They play on their fucking phones the whole time anyway. Oh, well, most people do. I mean, even at... I don't know. I mean, I live near Wrigleyville. And I so, I, you know, when I go to go get something to eat, maybe a burger, uh, I'll go and watch, you know, folks that are watching these games. And, and no one's watching them, really, unless something happens. And it's... Uh, it's just kind of interesting. I think people forget how, how much the phones have really honestly taken over everything, um, even those that are the most devoted uh, sports fans. Of course, I, Justo, are you no-go on the phone when, when you're watching sports also? Because I know the I'll movies. Just because of the, great, the jock. Because yeah. of the great advent of you know, NBA League Pass and YouTube TV, I can now wait. For basketball games, for instance, I wait to start the game an hour in <laughs> so I can fast-forward through all the commercials. Yeah. The only drawback is... Which I guess isn't really a drawback because it, it causes me to focus, is I can't go on my phone. Yeah, that's true. Because it'll spoil what's happening. Or it's like the Seinfeld text episode. Because so. too often in the past I would do that and people text me, are you, are you watching this? <laughs> and like, oh, yeah. you know, or, I, used to, I can't I, believe they blew it. Or it's like, oh, you yeah, know, and I, the game's ruined. You know. I used to play inline hockey uh, with some guys and 
it was during when the Hawks were like on fire, mm. and the real the real nuts would be taping the game at home. Don't tell me anything about it. If there was a night of uh, if we had a game that night too, and they would go home, I, I was never like that. I was never that obsessive about it. Where oh yeah, tell me what happened, and uh, I'll watch tomorrow night's game tomorrow. But I I wouldn't have a DV. I wouldn't be DVRing it. I, I could never DVR if... the sports games. It's just too hard for I don't. You got that's a strict constitution to be able to like not check. Well, honestly, it's only because if if they were just if, I'm a big Suns fan. They're just doing unbelievable this year and last year. So oh, of course, you know there was basically ten years of them being awful. So I wouldn't do mm-hmm. that. It wouldn't matter. Yeah. You know, I kind of yeah. like check. Okay, well, so and so had a good game. That's good. But now it's kind of like. Oh my God, this seems really good, and I've got all of these games I can watch every single night when I get home from work. This is great. Yeah, it's like you, you, you don't like, want to miss a thing. Um, I'll tell you what, so. Justin, though, like, spoiler culture is just out of control when people are just trying to spoil the Suns game for you. Oh my God. Yeah. You gotta stay well, off and I appreciate too, that they're getting a lot of attention, which is nice. But my, my thing is, it, it isn't so much like a text message here and there, it's accidentally, like, instinctually going on Twitter, yeah. forgetting. That I'm well, like, you know, an hour and a half behind. It's like, oh, so-and-so's ahead. Three three, game, three minutes left. You're like, no, no. Well, just a reminder, this is Halloweenies, a horror franchise <laughs> podcast. Uh, Vanderbilt, you came in. It was a Blitzkrieg. Uh, what is your own Blitzkrieg uh, St. Patty's Day memory? I imagine you've got some crazy ones. Uh, Justin and I, got, we couldn't think of one because we, you know, it right. kind of falls on a weird I, day sometimes. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll tell you about, like, maybe, well, there's one specific incident, but overall... I tend to being on the living on growing up living on the south side of Chicago. We have our South Side Irish Parade, which is always the Sunday before actual St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And you always have to differentiate between parade day and actual and it's not St. Patty's Day, it's actual St. Patty's Day, which would be on the 17th. So the South Side Irish Parade started small, got big, got out of control. Uh, they ended up canceling it, I think, after, I think it was 2008, 2009, when it got, it was a 70-degree day with a bunch of, you know, just degenerates drinking <laughs> and partying in the street. It was a good time, though. I mean, it was really yeah. the last time the party was great. Uh, they canceled it, it went away. Uh, actually, it was Rahm Emanuel who made it a point to try and bring it back, and he did, uh, but it's really never been the same since. It's fun. It's it was always kind of cool because it was just every house in the neighborhood had a party and you just put a backpack full of beer and you just kind of hustled around. And my yeah. band, the Romeros, we used to play in my back, my parents' backyard and people would just drop in, use the bathroom. My mom would always laugh because people would just come in off the street. Hey, can I use your bathroom? And you'd let them in and they'd leave like, like a couple dollars or some change <laughs> on the jar on the back of the toilet because you can't, if, Otherwise, you're peeing in the street. Yeah. So if, if somebody's nice enough to let you use the bathroom, like that is a dream situation. And if they and if you walk out of there with a corned beef sandwich and maybe a Coors Light and got to watch the Romeros perform whiskey in a jar for the 20th time that day. Now, when you're, when just, I have a question. Let me interrupt for a second. When you're okay. doing whiskey in a jar, are you are you covering the <laughs> the cover version by Metallica? Or are you are you covering the Thin Lizzy version? We were Thin doing Lizzy. the Metallica version. Oh, really? Yeah, that's oh, a great cover. I gotta tell you, that's it, a great it, cover. It just had know. a little bit more balls. It was just yeah. more our style of playing. I love that Metallica. I know a lot I of love people. That cover. Hate, a lot of people hate that version, and I just I, well I love because it. a lot of people instinctually hate Metallica, but I think Metallica's got some fucking. Great hey, I love Metallica. Metallica's great, great band. Not, don't like Metallica at all. Really love that fucking cover though. That cover just smoke so the Southside Irish Parade it gets a bad reputation but I really enjoy it it's the one Sunday of the year I will make it I took it off like it will be this Sunday I took the day off and I'll be in the streets rolling around with the rest of them now all the other degenerates I have a question about that parade now let's say that you know I'm on the lam um and you know someone thinks I killed my wife 
and I got someone hot on my tail. Is that parade big enough for me to like kind of get in there? Maybe well, grab me, a hat from a trash here. can. Um, I'll just what? say all, my, all you have to do. Put a little hat on. Yeah, right. A little plastic fine. hat. They, they, they're all over the trash cans and everything. If if, if you're wearing, if it got in the trash can, just pick it up off the street. That's true. Well, you I mentioned earlier cover bands and bands, and I have one last question before we get into our mm. barb crawl. Uh, what is your go-to bar band? And um, before you answer, Vanderbilt, know that you have a <laughs> handicap of it not being Cheap Trick. You can't name Cheap Trick, so you got to come up with. You can't say oh, Cheap Trick '77. You can't yeah, say that. You can't, you say, can't that. No. say that. But unfortunately, they are the best fucking Midwest bar band because they started during that bar band scene. But I'll play by your rules and I'll say Pez Band, who played around the same time as Cheap Trick and could have been as big. They were probably a little bit more Beatles-esque, but they were. Like the other king, them or off Broadway were like the other kings of that bar band scene around Illinois in the late seventies and early eighties. Okay. Two bands worth checking out if you you never have. All right, fair, fair. That's a great answer. Uh, also, cheap trick and cheap trick. Yeah, of course. Um, Justo, who's your go-to? Like bar every band? band was originally a bar band. Yeah, not every, every no. band, except for the Killers. Except for the Killers, yeah, they they skipped, <laughs> they skipped all of that. All right, here's the difference. There's a I have to differentiate between bar band. And like a band that plays at bars. Like a bar band goes out and does three sets a night, mm -hmm. does a lot of covers, peppers mm -hmm. in their originals. It's like the commitments. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like a band that plays in bars was like the Romeros, where we were essentially doing all originals and playing, you know, just at shitty clubs. I, 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 that's well, the difference. Well, so like well my favorite bar band, band then would be the Beatles, who play at the Cavern Club. They sprinkle oh, in some old favorite 50s uh, R&B. They were a bar band, though. They were a bar band, that's right. That absolutely... Counts. But I'll yeah. say, how about this? In terms of bands that I could possibly see today, in terms of bands, if I was to go to a bar, um, and I've been to some bars, this is this is a conversation for a whole different day. Like, what differentiates between like a bar and a small concert venue with mm -hmm. a bar, well, and a brewery, and it, it gets very complicated. But I will say, is there, I think a, about, is there a sound guy? That's a good question. Is there a sound guy yeah. getting question. paid, or if it's but the bartender? Yeah, I've been to places like you know, you guys know Martyrs here. Mm -hmm. And she, it, that feels like a bar. It's a but bar. There's Martyrs, a sound guy. But there's Martyrs a sound guy. is a club. Martyrs is a club. You think See, it's a club? It feels like a bar. It can feel like a bar, but Martyrs is a club. I would say, here's my distinction, I would say. I would say it's a bar if the main event or main attraction and the main source of income isn't uh, for shows. <laughs> or like if the, hmm. if the stage if the stage is more than three inches off the ground, yeah. that might make it a club. Yeah, that's true. That's Otherwise, true. it's just it's just a bar that put uh, like a little you know piece of plywood over in the corner. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, well, empty bottle is almost a bar. Oh, it's but it's definitely it's, it's a venue, but it's, it's venue. close to it. That's it's a, that's a club. That's I a like club. it more. I like it more as a bar than a venue. To be fair, but um, well, I'll put it this way: I I don't like to get when I go to a I think bar band. I'm thinking about like getting drunk and watching mm -hmm. people play or whatever. And for me, I, I don't understand like when people go to festivals and get drunk and they spend oh, two hundred dollars. Like, yeah. what do you, what, what do you, just go home? I, you know? Justin, I once had a girl at I was had him. It was Lollapalooza Riot Fest when I was at a bar. I believe I heard it. her say. I heard her say to her friend, "Well, I don't want to see my favorite band if I'm not fucked up." Oh my! It's God. ridiculous. Well, he, but here's an exception to the rule: if there was a bar, <laughs> I know where you're going. I, I think I know where you're going with this. Well. The club is open, ironically oh, enough, even though it would be a bar. And, of course, Guy by Voices is the exception. I do like to get really – have a so lot of drinks be for your, Guy by Voices. Is that your go-to uh, bar band? Yeah, that's a great – that's because they're yeah. so – especially because that whole live band is, is about Uncle Bob on stage with that blue cooler drinking as much as you're drinking the entire night. So you got to keep up. Yeah. So that's I the mean, exception to the rule. I do like to 
to get drunk and sing along. It's at, fun at to be fucked up. At it. But you think here's why you can do that at Guided by Voices show. The show is three hours long. Oh, yeah. Exactly. If, you're, if you're blacked out for half of it, you still saw five to six, maybe seven of your favorite songs. Exactly. Because <laughs> they blow right by. You know? yeah, they're, like a, they're like, what, minute and 52 seconds each? Like, Sometimes yeah. they're 30 I take seconds. Back 20. Amazing, you already you know? saw 20 of your favorite songs. Jesus, yeah. You can black out for the back half. Well, I once saw a guy in Champagne at the High Dive, and we saw Got It By Voices in 0405 piss his pants rather than lose his spot in the crowd. That's the conundrum. That's why it have to be a band I've seen a lot. And in that circumstance, because you don't want to miss a thing. No. Speaking of Aerosmith. <laughs> Hashtag Aerosmith. Well, um, I think my choice has got to be the replacements. I know technically not really a bar band, but they're a bar band. They used to play I, that was one of my covers, too. you yeah. know, and they were sloppy. And uh, when I was in a band, I was trying so hard to be them, and I drank nothing but uh, Miller High Life the entire trip. And um, Well, I think you when know. you look at the, the members of that band and, their, and where they've all ended up, that's, that's what you want to emulate. Yeah, oh, absolutely. 100%. Well, especially if you want to be a recluse. Tommy Simpson's doing just fine. Tommy oh, Simpson looks just, great. But you know yeah. what it is, Mike? I think Tommy Simpson's okay because he saw what happened to everybody around mm-hmm. him. He was young enough. Well, he didn't. I don't think Tommy Stinson ever had a straight job in his life. I heard mm-hmm. he did telemarketing for a minute. He did, in yeah. Between like Bash and Pop and like Guns and Roses, but. He was in that band since he was 12 years old. I know, it's incredible. Yeah. He never had to take a job at the record store or the coffee shop. No, mm. no. I, I do wonder what Paul's doing at this. Anyway, we could go on forever, and I've always <laughs> wanted to do a replacements podcast, to be honest with you. But this one is a horror podcast. And once again, we are going to tour the 10 best bars in horror. And here's the best thing you don't have to pull up Google Maps, you don't have to call a lift, you don't have to do jack shit. You just have to sit back and listen. We've done all the research. So, gentlemen, shall we hit up our first joint? Let's do it. I like I really, this. We're doing it like a, like a pub crawl. Yeah, like right? It's not what too better bad, way you know? to start? What better way to start than, <laughs> than uh, the most depressing one that we have here? Uh, number 10, Twilight Zone the movie, uh, Tender Trap. Now, what's the deal with this one? Justin, you put this one up for voting. Uh, well, it's a memorable bar, isn't it? I mean, it's this a memorable is where we bar got... indeed. And, and I'll tell you what, the Tender Trap is a very common name for a bar because there's actually one, a pretty good dive in Chicago Heights, Illinois, a south oh. suburb of Chicago, where I've been. And nothing remarkable about it, but if you live down there, if you grew up down there, you know the tender trap. Well, did you waltz out and find yourself in, you know, uh, uh, in, in the Pacific and in the Eastern Europe? And, uh, it might have been better than winding up in Chicago Heights. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, oh, God. Well, well, this segment in Twilight Zone, of course, is, uh, the, it's called, ironically, you know what the segment's called? It's called Time Out, Ooh. which was the name of my favorite dive bar up here in Chicago, Time oh, Out yeah. Bar, up in uh, the Rockwell stop, Brownland. Yep. Yep. Um, it's, you know, Vic Morrow's in this. So my, the bottom line is this. This uh, bar, if you are racist, will eventually lead you to your demise. Yeah. That's what's fascinating about this bar. And the other great thing about this bar is uh, somebody who's near and dear to Mike Vanderbilt's heart is hanging out at this bar in the corner hey, who gets a little upset. Who is do it, Vanderbilt? Not, do not fuck with Creighton Duke. Oh, That's yeah. Right. Stephen Williams Creighton is in this scene. The great Stephen Williams who plays Creighton Duke and Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah, I believe they have a hot dog through a donut special at the Tender Trap. Uh, <laughs> they really? <laughs> oh, no. God. <laughs> uh, watch uh, your fingers, you know, watch your fingers. Yeah. It's just a, mem- it's just a memorable... I was just going through Lairbox and I would... And basically what I was doing, Mike, I, was, I would go to Lairbox Horror and just kind of scroll through and when I would see a movie... If, if, if it took me longer than two seconds and I couldn't think of a bar, I would just keep going. Yeah. 
But Twilight Zone, for some reason, I think I think that's the first. It's the, first, the first segment. segment of the movie too, right? Absolutely. I yeah. think that's maybe why it sticks with me is because it's the first segment of that movie, and it's the first scene of that segment is set at that bar. Well, it's and, also. Uh, I mean, it just freaks me out the fact that you can you can you walk outside and the next thing you know you're. I forget where they end up hey, in the beginning. Hey, they're like, you're in Justa. Nazi Germany. Basically. I think you're in Nazi Justa, Germany, you, yeah. yeah. Oh, Justa, yeah. you've never gone to a bar and walked out and felt like you transported somewhere else? I've definitely wa- I walked out of a bar <laughs> and then woke up in my bed the next morning. <laughs> definitely. Where the fuck am I? Where was I? Where was I, more importantly? Uh, I, I will say with this one, um, I mean, obviously the tragic history uh, oh, with yeah. Vic Morrow that happened. Um, you know, you can read all about it. Or you can watch the Cursed Films uh, segment on Shudder. It's actually really great about it. But... Um, I mean, I think what's also so memorable about this is just that haunting image of just the because they've had to, they had to recut the ending, um, yeah. because of what happened, and but the way that they you know that that uh, Landis does it um, is really haunting because he's in the truck and he's being you know taken away and he's still seeing his friends like walking out of the bar like coming. Mm-hmm. It's just so like the cruel irony of it all is just well, what's, awful. What's really bizarre about that, and correct me if I'm wrong. But if the tragedy had not taken place, wasn't that supposed to have a, a happy ending? Because mm-hmm. that was yeah, be yeah. the redemption for that character was saving the kids. Yeah. Right. So it's really, it's wild to me that after he died, he ended up making it a depressing ending for the character who goes off to his demise it's, in a Nazi camp. Yeah. It's because John, John Landis, Landis is a fucking scumbag. Oh I God, love John man. Landis. But... I'm just spilling it all out. That's all I'm saying. It's yeah. very interesting that that happened. Uh, so uh, what are you going to be drinking at this one? Um, is it too... Uh, Look, I'm Jewish. I could say it. Is it, you know, how about a German beer? Can you do? <laughs> Grolsch? Uh, I, know, I know what I would have. <laughs> Grolsch. Grolsch. What are you going to have, Vanderbilt? I would have a, a Lowenbrow with lots of head. Oh, oh okay. All right, right. Okay, okay. Hey, you know, I'm probably going to be kicking back. <laughs> I think I'm having like a, a just a, Jesus like a short glass of straight whiskey. Uh, no rocks, so straight, straight up. That's All what right. I'm having at that bar. I feel like everybody at that table is, is having a, a, a shot of just a glass of whiskey. Yeah, that's what's going on. I think it's fair. I think that's fair. Well, if you really want to go to it, uh, it does exist. Uh, it was at a real. The real bar's name is Carlito's Way, not to be confused with the Brian De Palma joint starring oh, Al Pacino. There's a there's a bar in Blue Island called Carlito's Way as well. Oh, Who's there is because it came up when I was on the Google uh, <laughs> on the Google on the Google <laughs> the Google. <laughs> That's what I call it now. The, on the oh, oh, piss, piss baby on the goo goo. That's goo-goo. really weird because I, I went to a bar <laughs> that was close by that. Did you hear about this bar? Oh, it's one? close by Carlito's Way. It's called, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, it's called Scarfaces. Oh my God. Yep. That, you been there? That's fair. That's fair enough. Um, well, if you want to go, it's at 15238 Victory Boulevard in Van Nuys, uh, California. Um, apparently, and tell them Freddie sent you. <laughs> It's like nothing to do with this segment whatsoever. Um, hey, it's Halloweenies. It is you Halloweenies. Save that you know? one. Yeah, that's. Oh well, no, hey, don't worry. Alert. I plan doing this for the next nine entries. <laughs> oh my god. Well, ghost hunters have gone to this place because uh, they say that uh, it's got some energy there, which um, you know I, might make sense given the context of uh, you know. No, that yeah, that's the movie. bullshit, first of all, because that <laughs> happened in the soundstage. It did. And this bar was set something else. These guys are a bunch of hacks. Well, the, I will say God, that Jesus. in February of 2007, the former owner of the bar, David Weir, was shot and killed. He shot and killed his girlfriend, um, and he's been on the run ever since. So uh, maybe that has to do with it, too. Or the, it was the ghost of Vic Morrow who pulled the trigger old, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was like, where's a, Jennifer? Um, <laughs> there's a bar in my neighborhood that has a similar enough story where 
uh, a gentleman in the, it kind of is like a, it's not a neighborhood legend, but it's something everybody kind of sort of remembers when it happened. Somebody shot their wife behind one of the bars on Western Avenue in Beverly. I feel like oh, if a bar has been around for more than six years, that's happened at oh, least absolutely. one time. Yeah. I mean, liquor getting involved. It's, you know, um, not good. Well, that's the thing I always say about, you know, bars and, you know, being a bartender and you think about opening your own bar, like bars attract degenerates and drunks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you like to think it's going to be all nice and, you know, you can bring your kids and they can all hang out. Yeah, I never understood that concept of bringing kids to like a a bar late at night. That's that's that seems like you might have a problem. Maybe like TGI Fridays or something. You could get some of that kids menu going on. Well, I mean, that's a Um, bar and that's a bar. If it has a kids menu, (laughs) you can bring your kids there. I think is is, is TGI Fridays a bar or a concert venue? Let's have that discussion (laughs) in 10 minutes. (laughs) Maybe they'll take try to like you know capitalize on Taco Bell what they were doing with all the indie bands a few years ago and they'd be like uh, we're giving some money to you know some small acts out there and you could you could you guys can eat it every TGI Fridays at every stop um, I will say if it was 1997 I would eat at TGI Fridays still now not so much um, I, 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 if it was around I'd, I'd order like you know Uber Eats or something like that pick them up have them delivered to me it's a chill I'm more Chili's guy. Go- Chili's is the best, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Friday's always had the best drink program, mm. and uh, a lot of it had to do with this young lady, uh, from next liking her name, uh, but she was on Bar Rescue all the time, and she was real cute. She had that pin-up girl look going for her. Was the Kathleen pro. Quinlan? Kathleen, Kathleen Quinlan. From, from Twilight Zone, the movie? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. It's like, uh, after Apollo 13, I think I'm going to go work for Bar Rescue. Um Hey, good, 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 good. You can get it. It's not a bad gig. Um, you know, fun fact about TGI Fridays, not that, not that it has anything to do with the horror bars that we're talking about, but um, one movie that is a horror film, if you really think about it, Cocktail. Uh, the first place that he starts at is uh, the old school TGI Fridays. Well, that encourages pregnant women to drink champagne, right? It does, uh, yeah. And, <laughs> at the end and, to of the leave, movie. and to leave their wealthy family. Um, yeah, for sounds Lisa Marie Joyce is the name of the bartender I was thinking of. Stone mm. Cold Fox. And actually, TGI Fridays started down in memphis and if you're a power pop fan uh big star had one of their first first photo shoots really at the tgi fridays down there oh i heard that she was fun fact i heard she was born in september okay well that's a fun that's a fun connect to our first season september girls in which we almost got sued by alex chilton and his team um because we're using his music speaking ghost was the ghost of alex chilton he might have been for using like september girls he's like why do you rank pleased to meet me so low michael um anyway uh, it's a little overproduced you know it's a little overproduced and i'm not big on (laughs) um, not to take anything away from that album album's really good it's a good album yeah it's no uh, tim it's no let it be it's yeah sorry but hey uh speaking of ghouls our next bar number nine personal favorite of mine uh and we've talked about it on a commentary track uh of ours phantasm dunes cantina um, Vanderbilt, we were both really high on this one. And I, I will say, personally, out of all the bars in this list, I'd really want to hang out here. I, I mean, I think so much like Phantasm, there's a swagger to it. And I, it's also a comfortability to this bar. Like, it screams the 70s. I love the wood paneling. I love the Western love decor. It. This is where I want to go when I die. This is my Titanic love, space. And this is going to come up a couple times on this show when we discuss these bars. Something that I look for in a bar is warmth. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking like the heat on blast, but... Darker colors, dim lights, um, and I think this bar kind of has that. There's a kind of with the with breweries kind of becoming so popular lately, and the tap the idea of the tap room. The tap rooms for me are always just too open, too I wide. Agree. There's Agreed. too much echo, too many overhead lights. I hate overhead lighting. I, ha- I have overlighting head lighting in my house, but I have lamps all over the place because I need a little bit more. As <laughs> so, 
my boss, the guy who owns Rock, one of the owners of Rock Out Club guys, Dave Brown, he's from New Orleans, and he had a couple friends in from out of town, and they went down to the bar down the street, and he comes back, and he says, that bar down the street is nice, but it's got no ambiance. So whenever I think of ambiance, it's always—it's not ambiance anymore. It's ambiance. Ambiance. And uh, this bar has that ambiance, and I feel it's very—it like you said—it's got that very seventies decor. I gotta be hundred percent honest with you. I I do not remember this bar in the movie. Really? I've oh. only seen the. I, I think Phantasm is good. I've only seen it maybe three times in my life. Maybe three times mm. in my life. This is uh, Phantasm is up there with Evil Dead and Halloween for me. I, I I've seen this movie. I mean, this is no hyperbole. Like probably seventy-five to almost a hundred times. Like I, I Jesus Christ, because well, I just would, I would just put it on. Yeah, Mikey, that's because it's a hangout picture. Yeah, that's what makes Phantasm so cool. That's what makes it so rewatchable. You're it's good. Don't get me wrong. I think characters. it's good. I think the other thing about that that is that obviously we've talked about you know these other franchises and how yeah we've seen the originals a million times. We've we've seen those sequels honestly. In some cases, just as many times as we've seen the originals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just think that the third and fourth Phantasm movies are total duds. So I think that's the reason why I can't really just... I don't know, I can't get into it as like a series, so it's, it's hard for me to just throw on Phantasm, I guess. Over the years, the I think as a kid, I used to love the Phantasm franchise for trying to, like, you know, un, you know, understand it and break it down, especially with Cat Blackard and I. You know, we were really obsessed with it. And um, I think now at this point in my life, as almost uh, almost thirty eight this year, I can confidently say that I, I really only need the original. I I, I like I appreciate the sequels and I appreciate how crazy it gets and how where Don Coscarelli takes yeah. it. But I, I just the original one's the best. It's the the only one I need. Well, I like the small. Well, the town second one is definitely a fun because Mike we Ruffin, you and I saw that uh, mm-hmm. the Music Box Four is a Portage Theater. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was that the, was fun to see in a theater. Yeah, the second one for yeah. sure. But, I really uh, like. Yeah. I really like three. I think three is a lot of fun. Matt Gerber, who's not here right now, he also really likes three. But I don't know. I just feel like three kind of. It's trying to be Evil Dead too. Plotted along. Yeah, it tried to, but it didn't have. I don't know. And then the fourth one to me is just a total cash grab. See, yeah, total... I, I have a weird. It's hard to it's, call it's a, a Phantasm like, it's a movie a cash like, grab. Well, though, right? it's, a, it's a total. Let's let's get some more people to rent the video at VHS. Oh, it know, is that for sure? It's also the one thing I will give credit to for that I think is interesting is, and I'd never seen really anyone do this before, is take old footage that was yes. deleted scenes and make new scenes out of it. Like I thought that was so fucking cool. I think that's very inventive on Cascarelli's part, and I think there's still. Phantasm footage in the vaults that mm-hmm. we haven't well, seen. I, I'll put this way: I haven't even bothered watching the fifth one, so I it's think we're, I think we're good. kind of a mess. It's, but it's, it's a mess, but I like it. Yeah, like there's still some stuff to appreciate, and it also has some like really like uh, I don't know. There's a lot of pathos to like Reggie's character in it, where you just kind of like think about it. It, it actually reminds me of. Um, Oh, this is going to go on a tangent. Like Three from Hell a little bit, where you're kind of like, you have this like weird pathos in an area that you wouldn't expect it to. You know, you're like, wow, it's kind of, I kind of feel a little melancholy here. And I think it's mostly just because it took so long for that movie to be made. Like, I remember when I was in high school, when Phantasm Five was coming out, and like Bruce Campbell was rumored to be like a military mm-hmm, soldier, that. and it was supposed to be like a post-apocalyptic thing. And, oh, Roger and were, Avery. Yeah, uh, Roger Avery yeah. had this. So it was kind of cool to see it, but... Uh, the beer of choice. I mean, it's going to be Dos Equis here, right? Is that I, or- Mike? I didn't. I tried to think outside the box because I didn't want us all to have the same answer. But yeah, it's Dos Equis with a shot of tequila. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of Dos Equis. If you can get the Dos Equis on draft, and then pour a little salt into mm. the beer. Yeah. Oh, and, I guess. And I'm, I like I, a lime. No. I, I, I got like a little. Lime. Is it Dos Equis? 
with a little scoop of ice cream on top. Oh, from Reggie. He came There in. we go. Reggie's yeah. there. And guess what? Guess who's playing? Guess, guess what bar band's playing? Reggie. Reggie <laughs> yeah. Band, Reggie's okay, band's hot playing. At, hot, they're hot as love. So, Mike, this place... What is it now, though? You said something it's else. It's still yeah. a bar, right? I thought. Well, no, oh, no. so it's got, it's Even changed. Better. Yeah, it's changed over the years. Um, and sadly, uh, you know, it's it's in uh, it's a sushi restaurant now. Um, hey, you say sadly. I'm a big fan of sushi. You I think I have a wonderful hey, time at sushi restaurant here. Well, I looked at the the the, the establishment <laughs> now, and it doesn't look the same anymore. Like you could tell it was the Dunes at Cantina at one point, but like the building kind of looks it looks smaller now. Um, like they kind of chiseled away at. I mean, look, it was a wooden establishment. I feel like it's. I feel like it's built up a little bit more around there too. It is. Goose Cantina looks like it's just on the edge kind of town, in outpost. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to go to it, it's on Hunting in Huntington Beach, California, one six two three two. I love how I'm getting the addresses of these places. One six two three two Pacific Coast Highway. Facts. Um, you know, it's a good uh, zip code nine two six four nine nine two six four nine. Um, but I was kind of bummed out that it changed. I mean, I always get kind of, I don't know, being here in Chicago. And looking up so many places that have now been just destroyed or gentrified, like, you know, I'd love to go to the overpass thing in, in Thief, not there anymore. Um, you know, I'd, lo- I'd love to go to the diner that's in Thief, not there anymore. Uh, it was right down the street. In fact, really integral place that Michael Mann had a lot of um, moments there developing most of his stories, especially that would come into Miami Vice. And, it's, and it was also where he took, uh, took place. The, all, all those places are gone. And so, like, when I see these things happen, for even other movies, it, there's a it, it makes me melancholy also. So, you know, but Mike, we talked about this. Uh, I was recording Windy City double feature earlier today. We we're talking about like, but isn't it great when it is at least still standing? Yeah, even if it's not the same thing, the building still remains. Yeah, you can't say that well, for Mike, a lot of them. There was nothing creepier, Mike, than when we went down to the Monroeville Mall in oh, Pittsburgh, yeah. and so much had changed. You know, for the, the 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 regular area for all the customers to walk around the mall up and down, so much had changed. But then we, we peeked into that one employee side entrance mm-hmm. where the hallway was. And it's and that hallway still looks the exact same yeah. as it did. And Don, that green paint on the wall, it's yeah. the exact same where the Hare Krishna um, zombies. <laughs> and he was still wandering him. around back there. Too. He, was, he was there. God bless you know? him. He's not looking uh, too good. But no, anyway, that, that was kind of creepy. Yeah. Monroeville Mall is still worth a, a visit. If I mean, most of the stuff is gone. The bridge is gone. That, that, is, that huge... Um, really weird uh, postmodern um, fixture that, you know, features at the end of the movie and throughout the film that makes the ominous, you know, booms. Um, that's gone. Um, but the I will say the good thing is, though, it's still two stories and yep. it's still the same setup where it's just a roundabout yeah. um, all the way around the, the mall, so... I think it's we missed. Still weird. I think we missed the escalator by like six months. They said. I know. It's I know. Like, I know. Like, it's just wedding. They're right? probably like enough people are walking it down the upside. <laughs> and it's just enough of this thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it certainly wasn't a sad place. It was. You could almost call it a happy place, which mm. is uh, number eight. Uh, my bloody Valentine. Um, so number eight, my bloody Valentine, and I saw it was Happy's place. I think that's the name of it. Um, that's what I got from the searches. I believe you're right. Um, you know, I, I don't have too much in here. It's a great storyteller bar. <laughs> they tell some great stories in it. But uh, what, do we, what do we make of this place, and why, why well, did you write so high? to me, feels like, of, of the three we've talked about so far, this almost feels like the warmest in terms of like a big group get-together. Mm, yeah, I can see that. And I, what I always no. liked about My Bloody Valentine, I know it isn't... Ralph, I think I remember you used to have an issue with like the people in the movie. Um, being like you know coal miners. <laughs> yeah, well, like it's that. just like well, well, Mike doesn't like the working man. He's but gotta, I like but no, no, that, I don't mind I, I that. Like how, I, I just think like oh, all right, we need a Valentine's Day movie. 
Um, let's go to the coal mines. What? Hey, let's like, switch things up. Let's, let's, hey, let's they do switch, switch things the up. They do switch. But things I, up. I, I like. I feel like especially, and the actor passed away recently. Actually, what's the uh, the great gregarious guy, the bigger Hollis. guy with the mustache, Hollis? Amazing character. Good guy, Hollis. Um, Hollis. You know, this re- this reminds me of my old favorite, my old uh, my old stomping ground, Time Out. Like this is just a place you you would talk to a lot of townies that you would never talk to outside of that bar. But there's something about the the ambiance, as some people oh, from New Orleans God. would say, and uh, yeah, this is a this just seems like a cool, a fun hangout. Like I would like to hang out there, like on a, nice, know, on a Friday night after getting out of the coals. Justin, this place has that hangout, like it's a, a clubhouse kind of vibe, yeah, yeah. which I don't always like in a bar because sometimes when people start treating a bar like a clubhouse, customer wise, mm-hmm. people start to get a little too free with the mitts or start acting like it's their home. No more and, tips. Start act, well, not even about the tips, just acting out of pocket. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and not digging into their pockets either. Uh, but definitely, it's got that warmth, like you said. I like the what my Mike the Sky did. Uh, it's a storyteller bar, like it is the kind of place where everybody kind of know, everybody knows your name, and mm-hmm. you sit around and tell stories. Good place to go after a hockey game, considering it's Canadian. Oh, it is and, a Canadian uh, bar. Yeah, Rothman, yeah, what was that I, joke I made, Rothman, when you when you were we were trying to find out locations and you said. Uh, What'd you say about my bloody Valentine bar? What'd you say? I was like, I couldn't find it, or uh, I think that was what it was. Uh, no, you said it. It closed. <laughs> oh, it closed. It did close. Yeah. And what did I say? What did you say? I said, oh, it's probably because of all those murders. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did close. Uh, from what I can tell, I couldn't find much of it, and I think this probably because it was in the '80s, and they didn't have a lot of records that hit online, but. From what I could tell, it was Marinello, Mary Nelly Bar. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on Atlantic Street, and it was in Sydney Mines, Nova Scotia, Canada, where they filmed it. So that, that adds up. Yeah, you know, it makes sense. Um, I'm not going to question they, it for a second. I, I I, it. One thing that is great about bars and movies is that they usually just go to a bar. Mm-hmm. They usually don't build the set. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's why I like it, especially this era. Yeah. These were just straight up places to go. You know. What are we drinking here? Because uh, there is a, a you know a neon sign that says Moosehead beer. Oh yeah, um, Moosehead. Moosehead without a doubt. Maybe a Labatt's Blue mm. good hockey beer. Folks, yeah. folks, folks, we're over we're overthinking this. Give me Bloody Mary. Ah, oh, let's go, my Bloody Valentine. Ah, All right, rock and roll, baby. You know, I put champagne like a goon, and they would probably make fun of me if I ordered champagne there. Um, you know, no. just don't order that fucking Bloody Mary after four p.m. That's I don't disgusting. know why I, I take such an issue. Wait, you, you do? Like, you I think of all people, Mr. You know, Cliff, Cliff Booth, Booth over here, eh, I order I fucking know. Bloody Marys all the time now. He's not obvious, though, you know? It's, <laughs> it's just, it's this thing, like, to me, if you're ordering Bloody Mary at, like, 10 o'clock at night, it just shows to me you... you, you you don't know how to behave in a bar. Like, I, I don't right. know. I see it as it's good to know because every, I've been getting looks at Guthrie's Tavern every time I That's fucking why, order Mike, it. Because, because, because the Bloody Mary is a brunch drink. It's a breakfast drink. I was going to say, it feels like a brunch deal. Yeah. So you put all the shit away. Like, you put all the fucking accoutrements. And you put it all I in don't the want the accoutrements. Like, okay, I just I'm all, want the fucking I'm all mix. done with the Bloody Marys for today. And then some Jagoff rolls in. Me. Like, Cucumbers two- are down. <laughs> they've been shredded. They've been thrown away. And, and says, you know what? That does sound good. Hey, when is your next drive-in uh, uh, show? Oh, boy. Vanderbilt. Uh, Bloody Marys for everybody. <laughs> 2 o'clock Bloody in the morning. Bloody Marys from 10 o'clock till 2 in the 10 morning. 10 p.m. It's 10 p.m. It's December 3rd. Yeah. It's just cold enough where it's open, but you still have to go out there with all those goddamn Bloody Marys. Uh, uh, you God. blackmailing me, Jake? <laughs> all right, so we're not ordering a Bloody Mary. Uh, no, I just no, 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 no. But let me, right. but let me, let me, <laughs> let me come back on that. Let me come back on it. 
what you have to do as a bartender, this is true, like you kind of take this, uh, maybe it's a little zen or something where you say, you know what, the Bloody Mary isn't that difficult. It's actually a very easy cocktail. Oh, boom, boom. There it is. So it's best, you know, don't get flustered by it. Just fucking make it. They're gonna pay for and it. Don't you have good. the mix like, ready though? Like if you have the oh mix yeah, but the... it's it's just it's 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 messy. It's it's not something you have in your well usually. It's mm-hmm. something you have to <laughs> you have to bend down. Oh my that god, that is true. You do have and to bend you gotta, down for and it. You gotta, and you got to pull out the you know the little skewer. And because if I'm gonna do the Bloody Mary, I'm gonna do it right. Lemon, lime, the skewer with the the pepper and love it. the yeah. olive on it. Like I'm not gonna half-ass it if you order it. See, I'm cool with the, just a total half-ass Bloody Mary. So that's why I, if I go, I always play it and be like, That's Look, probably what you, you get know. because you ordered your shit at 11 o'clock. Oh, I know. Well, you know, <laughs> here's, but- here's me. I, I can't make a drink to save my life. So here's what I imagine the Bloody Mary is like. So you take a Bloody Mary. You take like a cucumber stock or a celery stick or whatever it is. You, you stick it in there and you, you, t- you take like a, a pepper shaker. Okay. And you just you empty out half of it. And right. you stir it. Isn't that Bloody Mary? Well, yeah. So, so, you know so Justin's the bartender of, uh, you know, um, the La Quinta Inn uh, off the side of the highway. Hey, no free ads. Yeah, right. Uh, in the middle of North Dakota. Um, oh, God. All right. Well, somewhere that our next uh, selection is not in North Dakota. Uh, it's, well, speaking uh, of sticks. It's, it's in the sticks, kind of, I guess, technically, because we're going no, to No, that Ohio. wasn't the illusion. Um. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about now, but we're talking about Freddy's Revenge, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Don's Place. Uh, And, um, you know, none of you were on the Nightmare 2 episode. I was Um, not, yeah. No, we were not. And I can't can't remember if we concluded on that episode, because we had Trace and Joe, the horror queers, and it was also Caffrey and I. That was such a wild episode, because we all recorded remotely, which is normal now. But we, you know, at the time we didn't have Zoom, so it was just us. Oh just God, that was strictly audio. Oh. Um, so yeah. Anyway, but I can't remember if we good episode though. It was a good episode. Yeah, I, but I just can't remember if we landed on whether or not the scene at Don's place actually happens in real life, or it's a dream, or both. Uh, it happens. It happens, Absolutely. right? I'm with Justin. Hundred percent happens, right? Yeah, yeah that's happens. what I figured because he, he dies. So or he doesn't yeah. die. Well, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he dies. When he goes back to the He gets the, wasted the in the shower. Some, you know, some maniac yeah. just wasted Schneider. You know, I, you know what I realized in this selection today is that we're now far enough where I can go back to Nightmare on Elm Street and enjoy the franchise again. Because every time we do a Halloween season, by the end of the Halloween season, I am so fucking fried that I can't I just can't watch the movies again for a while. And Nightmare was one because I watched each of those like I think like four or five times oh, each time we did I those. I love those movies. I, I love I, them I to death. I mean, they're great. You but, I agree, Mike. With that and Elm Street and Halloween. But I didn't feel that way about Friday the 13th. For I didn't. Reason. No, no, no. Friday the 13th I don't is know why. so rewatchable. The only one in Friday the 13th I got tired of watching is 7. Um, because it's, it's for some reason it's always on and it's boring. Yeah. Yeah, that's I get that. But like those for even like the like even like the better Elm Street ones I couldn't keep watching after that season mm-hmm. for a while, but um, for Friday I was able to just kind of throw them on whenever. Right. So I have a question for you guys about Don's place in Nightmare yeah. Elm Street 2. Mm. Do you think it's a gay bar? Or is it a punk bar? I think, I think Jack Shoulder would tell you it's a punk bar because mm-hmm. he has no he had, he had, he claims he had no idea about because all the, there are uh, women in there, but they could be trans or crossdressers, mm-hmm. and not that, not that you know straight. They women could be lesbians. Out. They could be lesbians, but usually, usually gay gay bars and lesbian bars. Especially, I think, especially in that era, are exclusive. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually exclusive, like. 
gay guys don't hang out at lesbian bars and lesbians don't hang out at gay bars. I think it's a punk bar, and I think that, you know, some wild stuff could happen there. And I think that's what happened, you know? Um, you could pick up anyone there. And I think that was, it's kind of like a, a nice conduit for those who are living in Springwood, Ohio. See, now, that said, I kind of do lean to it towards it being a gay bar because I'll tell you what, gay bars in the suburbs are my favorite gay bars. Interesting. Why? Because it, there, it's... It's this little slice of what, you know, this kind of weirdness or urbaneness or, you know, in the middle of middle America. It seems like the kind of place that, you know, John Waters would just mm. totally 100% embrace. So we have we, we have a gay bar in Blue Island. Uh, it was formerly known as the, it was the Edge for a long time. It's been Club Cra- Crave for years. And uh, it's just kind of a cool, they have a great $2. Monday nights is $2, you call it. Like any, you can go get in there and get drunk on $2 scotch. Bloody Mary's? You could do a Bloody Mary. You could do a fucking Bloody Mary. And it's a cool hangout. And Thank God. it's you know, it's right there in the burbs. And it's been there for years and nobody hassles despite the stereotype about the suburbs, you know, nobody hassles you there. But the problem is since it is still on the south side of Chicago, there's still just a lot of ding dongs in socks gear. Just kind of moping like around the place. Hey, can I yeah. get a beer? They don't know what's going except, on. <laughs> except they're not. No, they're not, they're not straight. They're just gay. They're just also poorly dressed. You know. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's you know, I, well, it's I funny because I because it's, it's a, still a neighborhood bar, but then they have drag shows and kind of you know wild shit going on. Uh, well, but uh, honestly, a cool spot. About Don's place, so I I just feel like at a punk bar, why isn't Schneider just like r- walking around with that, that whip or whatever he's got mm-hmm. with him? But it's yeah. 80, it's eighty five, man. Like that was part of that. Well, to be fair, when you're talking about punk versus you know queer bar, or gay bar, like all that stuff intersected. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, so and I, think I don't it, think I don't think they ever really establish. I don't know if they. I don't know when they truly establish Nightmare on Elm Street in the film as being take place in Ohio because one and two could be California. California. Well, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, makes I mean, so could Halloween with all the where it was shot. Palm trees. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, uh, but, well, Halloween puts right up on the screen. Haddonfield. Oh, it does. Illinois. I know, but I'm just saying location wise, you're like, oh, wow. Interesting. Like the, the mountains and the, I know. don't think Elm street ever does that. No. I mean, it, it, I always, I mean, the joke on the season two is that I always would say Springwood, Illinois. Um, just because I assumed it was in Illinois because of, you know, everything being in Illinois and Springfield. Um, Yeah, I mean, I would say Sassy Sledgehammer, uh, Deandra, would be very happy that it's in Ohio um, because she she loves Ohio. So, um, you know, some people love the fact that it's in Ohio. I kind of like the fact that it is, too, because, um, you know, there's that image that goes around where, like, horror movies in every state. um, Right. And it's kind of cool that, you know, they could rep – Ohio gets to rep the, you know, the greatest – franchise of all time and they have the least in my my least favorite franchise of all time which is the cleveland cavaliers so um <laughs> you know that's a fun little basketball joke that i had there and uh you know i just just want to say the management of the the cleveland cavaliers are a bunch of scumbags and uh fuck you know, yourself and anyway so um I, I, it's funny because one of my notes was vanderbilt frequent any leather bars <laughs> and um, clearly oh, you answered that already you know? Well, no, I'm, no, because it's not necessarily it's not, leather bars. It's not a gay bar, though. That's yeah. just it. Like with all the hierarchy, um, I was at the Leather Rose Association, which is up in Rogers Park, once, but I wasn't in the bar portion. I was in the, uh, like, <laughs> I was in the uh, the private party portion uh, that I was meeting a friend up there, and you yeah. know, a couple of years ago, and got a little weird, and it was it was cool. It was it was definitely like the I will say it was. I, 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 
I'm not speaking ill of the place, but it was definitely the roughest looking. A little bit, it just felt a little bit old and dingy as far as Chicago uh, BDSM dungeons. You, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like Don's place from Freddy's Revenge. You know, hey, with Marshall Bell walking around. Um, yeah. Did you ever I, you go to? Love- did you ever go to Neo though? Oh, I loved Neo. Neo was yeah. great. Yeah, I used Neo to live across the street. Was that named after or before The Matrix? <laughs> it oh, it was, was way long before. before The Matrix. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know what I love in movies? You know, I wonder if that was an homage to that. You know, Honestly, because the Wachowskis are from here. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah they grew up in my neighborhood. They grew up in Beverly. Um, interesting. I love interesting. that bars and movies are always lit with red lighting, though. Because mm-hmm. rarely yeah. will you go into a bar that is lit like that outside of Liars Club here in Chicago. Oh, Liars well, Club we, is such a weird bar. It's or the so Burgundy Room in L.A., is lit like that. Well, there's and, one uh, notorious club, of course, from the Police Academy movies that's lit with blue. <laughs> we're bringing uh, it we're, back. Bringing well, it back. Well, we are working. We're uh, for our facets trivia that we have going on. I'm working on a, I'm working on a category where I name the gay bar, and you have to tell me what movie it's from. Oh, this is mm. fun. This could be good. That's a really yeah. good. I like that. Can you guys yeah. tell me what uh, gay bar? Uh, the candy bar or no? No, it's not. The, oh, fucked it up. I'm gonna back it up. I know one. I got one right now. Go. Uh, the Toolbox. No, that's what I was going for. It's Wayne's World 2. Yeah, Wayne's World 2. Uh, oh, yes, Great yes, scene. Yes. Great the, the scene. YMCA. Yeah, 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 yeah. The candy bar is the bar in Weird Science, but it's not a gay bar. Mm. Yeah, Weird Science. Weird movie, um, by the way. Um, I, hot take. Not a big fan. Um, oh, I used to like that favorite. the most of all those 80s. I think it's my Hughes favorite movies. Hughs one. I really? Because it oh, it's the weirdest. It's the weirdest. I, mean, I laugh a lot of stuff in that movie that... Uh, would be we'll, we'll say frowned upon today, so uh, I don't oh, talk God. about it often. But we, just, uh, we can move we, on to the next. Yeah, we going on the next one. Uh, oh, wait, but no, we need to know. What oh, are you yeah. guys gonna and what are you guys gonna order? Yeah, I, I you know I didn't have uh, much on here other than shots. It seemed like mm. this is like a shots bar. You know, what? this is the kind of place where you're like, well, I know they ain't cleaning the lines, so mm-hmm. I don't want to do the beer. But do I really want to drink anything out of a glass? But I'm also a disgusting individual, so I would go for scotch and soda, and hopefully. It's the two dollars special of the night. Well, see, here's the thing: when I go club, when I go club, well, tell I us about when you go club. I used like, to, oh, but when I did, I never drank at clubs. I would do other things, and that's uh, you know, th- <laughs> well, I like feel like. I, I, feel, I don't feel like I would be drinking a lot at this bar. I think that this would be uh, You're gonna, Mike's, hashish. Mike's gonna be, yeah, like, Mike's I mean, gonna be sniff, he's gonna be sniffing VHS head cleaners. We have fucking Midnight yeah. Express over here. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I've got a cowboy hat, and you know, I'm, I'm wearing a you know a long you know burgundy jacket. Um, oh my god! No, I I don't think that there's a lot of drinking going on at this bar. I think that you got a lot of uppers. And, uh, and a lot some of others, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, so that's what I, I almost would I'm say. I'm so that. bad with, with drinks. I really, I'm the kind of person that will show up at a bar, and Vanderbilt, you would love this. Oh, and ask, no, tell, I would never. Tell I would me, never, Justin, tell me how much no. you would aggravate me right now. To be now. fair, I, I have never in my life asked the bartender what's good here. No, I've God, I've never no. done that. I hate that. But I will Just take ask, a moment. What the spe- ask what the special is. That's I, I, I don't even do that. I look that's at the, a pro, that's a chalkboard. Pro tip. It's a chalkboard. I'll look for a while, and I'll pick something that has like a high percentage of alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that makes me cool or makes me a loser. But I'm like, makes well, you an ass- such- makes you depends. an asshole. Just trying to get drunkest. You want to be the drunkest person in the room fastest. Hey. I know well, your type. Look, I'm six three. You know, I weigh two hundred pounds. So if I'm like, you're not. Like the- you're more than six three because I'm six three. You're like six four. I think. Okay. Well. Point. Okay. I'm six four. Even yeah. better. Michael so Myers for me, it takes more for me to get drunk, though. I can't. I can't be here like drinking like three percent alcohol. I'll, no. I'll spend a thousand dollars. So if I'm like, do. oh, 
eight percent alcohol. Let's go. Or I do get a kick out of. Or go ahead. Or, or usually these days I've developed quite the taste for just good whiskey, so I'll just drink whiskey. To have start. you really? Wow, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I've seen whiskey's you have uh, Jameson before sometimes. Oh, um, I, whiskey's great. I I'm love drinking it. whiskey right now. How about that? Hey, um, we'll see good. where we are in you know 20 minutes. But um, but I, I would tell you, Vanderbilt. I'd say Vanderbilt, give me the cheapest whiskey you have. <laughs> uh, you'd get at Rock Island Public House. We really don't have a well. Our well is still pretty good, so you'd probably get either 80 or 100 proof Old Forester. No, I wouldn't if, be. I would, I would just me. be like, give me, just give me whatever the, the good whiskey is. But oh, I, then, then you're spending. You could be spending up to twelve dollars a shot. Hey, let's let's rock we and got, roll. We've got Weller. We've got Willet. We've got Basil Hayden. I'm always trying to support my local Applebee's. Okay, so give me a break. <laughs> Applebee's is uh, the the de facto lower tier. de facto lower tier. reference. No, it is a lower tier. Amazing. The hey, that's every one of those started at the Outback, though, didn't it? Every one of those. Places oh wait, I apologize. I apologize. I got I got my Outbacks and Applebee's mixed up. Outback rules. No, Outback's good. Applebee's yeah. is the one that's like, hey, we got vegetables with our meals, but they're like <laughs> ma- microwave vegetables that look like well, shit. It's so. a misnomer because first of all, no bees. There Second, are no bees. Yeah, no apples. And there's not I'll many tell apples. You what, every time I've cider been, there. Every time I've gone to an Applebee's, the server looked like he got beat up that morning. <laughs> well, you don't know somebody's life. Maybe they were beat up that morning. I, I just love I just love Applebee's for the, the 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 sake that it was in uh it was a main fixture in Friday Night Lights great great show on NBC you can stream it now on uh, on Netflix, uh anyway True. next number six oh wait well, Mike where is it located oh yes okay so here's this the is thing. a good one this, this is, is a good one we, we uh, think Cheryl Crow this. think so, Cheryl Crow. When the sun comes up over Santa Monica Boulevard, uh, you better hope that go. that sun is pointing at six two oh two um because go. it's it's called Black Bar. And what's interesting is that on the set jetter site that uh, Vanderbilt had found, um, I think both of you actually were. We like, found it at yeah, the exact same, same, same time. Yeah, the exact same time. Well, they, somebody. Was, I was like, mad when you, Mike, when you said you couldn't find it. I go, motherfucker! I know I can find this. I know. I, I figured. I, I figured it's such mission. an enclosed place that it could have just been like a room that they mocked up. Absolutely. Um, but it wasn't, and it was in fact a bar. But here's the funny thing: is that um, they said. On the site, it goes, now, I'm not too sure about the bar, but I think it may be what is now called the Black Bar at 6202 Santa Monica Boulevard. Hashtag Cheryl Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow. Um, Cheryl, Cheryl Glow. Um, below is a picture of the back door, which looks like it may be a match. That is the devotion of horror fans, by the way, mm-hmm. is the fact that you're looking at fucking back doors in the middle of a neighborhood <laughs> being like, all right, this is definitely the, you know, the, the crew bar from Nightmare 2. Anyway, congrats. What's the punk bar? And it's very on brand because people forget, I think, that those first films, despite their reputation and like, how popular they became, were very low budget. So they just, you know, mocked up that sign is probably like made of Christmas lights mm-hmm. and cardboard, oh, yeah. and they slapped it on the back of this door and said, "Yeah, it's Don's place now." Oh, and who would they make? It's probably like making fun of somebody. It's probably like a reference to like one of their friends, you know, Yo, oh, whoever yeah. the set decker was like, "Oh, we're gonna fuck around with Don." I mean, make look, the, oh, make this his place. I kept thinking, I kept, I kept getting confused with Rob Shea because at first it's like, oh, they're making, they're doing this a right. knock on the producer, mm. but no, no, it's not. I'm trying to think. Well, of it's this actually just reminded me of a bar that's not on this list that I'd like to make a, a nice, uh, you know, ode to uh, is Tech Noir from Terminator because the sign in Tech Noir is great. Oh um, yeah, 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 and uh, it's such an interesting location. It's such a, a, a specifically LA bar. That would be in like almost like a strip mall, which I love strip mall bars. Like I, I think those are those are where you find some real interesting stories for yourself. Mm. Um, Pico Boulevard is where uh, 
Sun comes up over Pico. Where Pico was. Oh, is that where it was? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, is that what they they say that in the movie? Don't they? Yeah. Yeah. I I can't. I can't find a location. I I love. Listen. Give me your clothes, your car, and your motorcycle. Well, hey, look. Speaking of Terminator, it's a good sag. Ah. Number six, we got Near Dark, which I couldn't find the name of the bar, so I just put undisclosed bar. Um, you know, tons of Cameron connects in here. You got, you know, Lance Henriksen uh, leading at the top, Bill Paxton. Wash day right, nothing clean. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I, I, here's my question to you, based on this bar. How many of you have hung out in a dump like this? Oh, oh my God, absolutely. Mm-hmm. From, sure. from Florida. Usually it's when you're, you know what it is? It's when you're looking for a bar to hang out in, <laughs> and you walk in, and there's the bartender, and then there's a guy in the corner, mm-hmm. and then there's like a couple in the middle of the bar, and then the, 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 the ceiling fan is going, and you're like, nope, I'll, I'll come back yeah. in three hours to see if there's, if there's more people here. So more, I like to have like a crowded bar, you know? I don't like it to be abandoned like that. Yeah, I don't like being in any restaurant where I'm the only person in there, or mm-hmm. the oh, per- me no. and the person I'm with are the only people in there with the bartender. I get, it's unnerving to me, especially if like that place you know, looked a little bit brightly lit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Especially for being a, a dump. Well, uh, you had said a, you don't the like kind of open place. spaces. So, yeah. You know. And although I am a big fan of, I think more people need to learn. More drinkers need to learn to just enjoy being alone mm-hmm. and playing on their phone inside a bar. Because one of my biggest pet peeves as a bartender, when I open up the door at 3 o'clock, and I you know, got in, I've got everything going, I got the lights on, I'm waiting on Jeopardy, and it's always some old white dude. Fucking strolls in there, fucking hands in his pocket, big gregarious voice. Hey, where is everybody? Or, <laughs> what hey, is it, Alf? Looks, looks like I beat it. Hey. Looks like I beat the rush. Oh, or God. you know, hey, when does it get busy in here? Like, I'm, or you know, some like, or they're like, hey, give me a bloody mary. What <laughs> an asshole! No, because it's three o'clock in the afternoon. He's fine. He's fine. That's not the, a problem. The sun's not even close friends. to setting. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not going to get breakfast at the Riff. Well, maybe he will. Sometimes butter and bacon. Uh, yeah, breakfast is going to any time of day for me, to be honest with you. We're doing brunch for St. Patty's Day. Oh, my God. I imagine how much corned beef and hash you're going to have. I feel like oh, it Christ. sells out in this city. We tried to go do it last year. It's very Sammy expensive so this year, it is, too. You know? Well, that's why you got to go to Applebee's, because Applebee's have got great <laughs> corned beef and hash. Oh, I'm year sure round. they do. And I'm sure you get a cool, oh. like, you know, green beer that they just dyed also mm-hmm. with it, you know? Yeah. Real, um, real quick, round so robin. Corn, puked in it. Corned beef hash. Uh... Fresh or out of can? Uh, wait, fresh? Oh, you mean like literally fresh, fresh? Like sometimes oh, you go to a God. restaurant and they make it fresh. I don't like that. No, I want, I want corned it beef hash out of the can. I want it the same way as cranberry sauce. I want it out of the can. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd say that too. Mm-hmm. I want it scummy. I want it to be like you know how it's supposed to be. I mean, look, I'm half Irish. I can say this. We're a bunch of scumbags, and I want scummy food. So you know, it's it's fine. Um, I would never also, say that about the Irish. Well, I'm half Russian also, so I got a lot of problems with me right now. But um, You really do. I do, seriously. Uh, and I'm Jewish, but I'm completely neurotic. And I'm using that joke again <laughs> that you used before. Um, well, you landed it better than I did. Uh, God. Well, here's, here's another question I have based on this bar in Near Dark. Uh, mm. Is how many of you have ever been in a bar fight or seen a bar fight? I'll answer this because Vanilla, I know you've got to have at least no. seventy-five. Really, I've, I've, you've no, never no, no, seen no, no, a bar fight. I, I most the most I've ever seen is people get loud with each other and maybe somebody get dragged out of there. <gasps> somebody. <laughs> oh, here we two, go. Th- two summers ago, as we were doing, it was still the mask thing was going on. It was a Friday night, so I was filling in. I was with my buddy Scott, and some guy starts 
you know, hobbling his way in there, some young dude. And I thought at this point in the night, it was kind of slow, so maybe I did, like, a couple too many shots because I'm like, oh, we'll be closing soon. I won't have to deal with anything. Like, I can loosen up a little bit. Some guy starts walking in, and he starts saying, you know, shot, shot. And <laughs> I says, motherfucker, go put out. No mask, no service. No shots until you put your mask on. He had been shot. <gasps> oh, my God. Uh, there was a bar nearby us that, you know, had some trouble. And uh, he had the guy had gotten like he got his booty grazed. He like just got grazed a little bit on the ass with a bullet, and he was coming in. And you know, I as soon as I found out he was shot, I what did I say? I said, "Give him the fuck out of here. I don't want him in here." And fucking Scott, my partner, comes over there, wastes twelve fucking napkins on this kid. Twelve napkins. Tough, I, twelve fucking shot. napkins. <laughs> twelve fucking aprons. We gotta fucking toughen that kid up. We gotta toughen him up. Oh Wait, my so god, you know saying, what? No, 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 I remember oh, this story. Oh, hold on, hold on. We, we can't that... jump over this. You're saying a gunshot victim walked into your bar for help, yeah. and you said, get out of here? <laughs> he wasn't wearing his mask. <laughs> hey, that's a good, that's a, that's a good out of, you know, get out of jail uh, free card, Roth, you know, right there. But Rothman, you, didn't you catch what I just did there? I, I, that's why I laughed. I got yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All yeah. right. <laughs> Justin got it, at least. Well, all right, so. It was worth the joke for the mask bit. But it's true. It's tr no, not no. I did the uh, it, Goodfellas. Oh, oh God! I didn't, God. I didn't know the Goodfellas. Hold everything. Hold everything. Well, Even that went over my head. That was too too dry. That's oh come on! I thought it was. I thought you. If anybody was going to catch it, was, it, it was going to be wrong. Don't get me wrong. I know. Well, look, it was I, great. I I'm so. I went through all the Goodfellas quotes, you know, a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and I, you know, I had to retire them. So. Uh, you know, why don't you just go get your fucking shine box? While you're <laughs> you mother, you motherfucker! So near dark, we've talked a lot about this movie. It was our first. No, round. we haven't. We talked about Goodfellas most of it. We talked about Goodfellas more than anything <laughs> on this podcast because I feel like we're really a Scorsese cast. Um, but we're doing, we're doing Hugo next week. We are going to do Hugo. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's. it's I, I would say, as far as uh, uh, Scorsese scholars go, it's always in the top three for everyone. Um, well, to be fair, they, they want to use the Friday Thirteenth Three logo, a new dimension of terror for. Hugo, but it's already taken. <laughs> oh god! But yeah, near right. dark. We did do near dark. Near dark was our very first Patreon yeah. episode. Yeah, it's. Uh, I ago. love this movie, and I don't know why it's so fucking hard to find. It popped up on Shutter a few months ago, and then it vanished again, like the vampires in the movie. Um, mm. I think what's interesting about this bar is that you look at this bar and you'd think, oh, this is gonna have like George Thurgood playing, but no, John Parr's Naughty Naughty is playing throughout the most pivotal scene here. It's a great song, but I did Good not tune. expect it to be in this bar at all. Well, you know, this uh, it's a left-of-center vampire film with a left-of-center jukebox at this weird bar, <laughs> yeah. this left-of-center bar. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, all right, well, anything else to say about this bar? Other than well, the I would I say of, of all the, uh, at least so far, this is the bar. This is the first bar that we've talked about in which a major event takes place. Mm -hmm. What is that it's event? Not, it's not an escape from something else. Actually, this is where the terror takes place at this bar with the uh the terrific bill paxton sequence severin good old severin which yeah you, you know if, if you ever if you ever you know if ever severin bill paxton who's who's less who's left us because there is no god um if if you ever you know offers to buy you a drink say no um because mm -hmm. guess what you're gonna have to pay and then you're also really gonna have to pay because he's gonna beat well, the shit out of you well what uh, are you gonna drink though in this bar i think it's shots again like i was saying with the other one it's gotta be shots and this is a total like I'm thinking Old West. Give mm -hmm. me a shot of something. It's a cowboy I'm movie. good. Yeah, I'm gonna have a cigarette. 
Like, How about you, Justo? Um, well, I, you know what I'm going to do here is I'm going to have uh, a Coke, Coca-Cola, straight from the machine, but I brought it over from Kentucky Fried Chicken. Very do you nice. know why? 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 What's the old saying for Kentucky Fried it's Chicken? Finger licking good. Thank you very much. Yep. All right. That was good. Hold that on. was pretty good. What I about you? Go, <laughs> I would go with a red eye, mm. which is tomato juice and a beer. See, Mike, if you order that, you're fine. Yeah. A tomato okay, juice well, I'll do and that a beer. Then. Also what, known as a... It could also be considered a Michelada, depending on what kind of beer you're using. Oh, yeah, I've had that. Well, speaking before. of Michelada, rest in peace, Michelada Ryan, who played Dr. Wynn in Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. <laughs> he passed away at the age yeah. of 88 But I would, ago. Uh, I He outlived also, uh, Loomis himself. I would also have a couple shots of donkey piss. Uh, is donkey piss, to me, would taste the same as tomato juice in a beer, so what's the difference? Or Malort. Well, let's not get started on Malort. When was the last for, time you had Malort, be, Mike? This, this is unbelievable. We are 68 minutes into this episode, at least as of my garage band. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll have some stuff taken out. This is the first time you've mentioned Malort. None of them, none of these bars are in Chicago. I feel like you kind of quelled a little bit on Malort, though. I mean, I don't see it on your feed much, and you know, you, you know, didn't yeah, really, you could have done sponsored by Malort when you got Best Bartender. What the hell? Well, the they there? ain't giving me no fucking money, so fuck I was, em. I was gonna say this yeah, is that's like what I always say this is like when Jordan was rebelling against Nike, and um, <laughs> you know, and I think no, Vanilla, you were gonna write something on your face like Prince did. Um, yeah. And, uh, no, I was upset at Malort. <laughs> no, I was gonna, gonna do have the a Malort thing. photo and rip it. What was uh, it gonna say? What was it? What would it have said though? It was just something else. Um, for net. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would have said. No, I was gonna do the. Uh, I'll good. do the. Uh, I'll do the Don Draper. Why I'm quitting tobacco. Why I'm quitting Malort letter, and I'll put it in the uh, Chicago Tribune. I like, I like it. it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Can well, we do? Look. Can we crowdfund that? Can we get? I will do it if we can get enough money to get it into. Oh, a I'm sure they would love the lawsuits to be ready to slander the well, slander alone. To be fair, I mean, you give twenty bucks to the Tribune, and they'll they'll post it there. You know, the media is doing really great right now. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, let's this, go. This bar, though, Mike, was. Uh, it says you're looking at the notes here. Yeah, it was filmed near Magic Mountain. Yeah, my favorite uh, ride at uh, Disneyland. Um, <laughs> such a dumb joke but oh, yeah God. so it was yeah it was filmed near magic mountain at the the new hall ranch they built the bar from scratch because they were going to destroy it which is seems like such a cameron thing to do right? well i will say this looks like a bar it does look like impressed with that it looks like look, hey. the, the production design they got mm. it right they knew what a bar looks like they lit it right they, you know, they got the fall. They got a little bit of smoke in there. Mm-hmm. You know, back when you could smoke them. That's like, I'm not a smoker. I'm glad we don't have smoking in bars. But I've, sa- I've shared many cigarettes with you, Mike. So let's, uh, you know, even I, if I have enough to drink, I'm smoking. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I miss the atmosphere of a of a smoky bar. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. The last time I had mm-hmm. a, 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 well, actually, Florida still has a shitload of bars down in Miami where you can smoke down there, and I love it. But it, there's nothing about there's nothing better than sitting at a bar. And having a, a smoke. I can't imagine how fucking pissed off everyone was. Well, I know what, how they were because my mom was, was a smoker. So well, I was working at Chili's when it happened, and my Chili's was in Orland Park, the suburb, but across the street was Tinley Park, and you, Orland adopted it early, so you could still smoke uh, you know, right across the street, essentially. So we lost a little bit, a bit of business there, and it was the same thing with the Vax cars. Oh, you lose business, you lose business. No, everybody just adapt and mm-hmm. do it because people like sitting in a bar. You know, that like, sounds like, they they like where that they sounds go like too. that's the equivalent Vanderbilt of uh, there's a there's a strip club up here on the north side, and there's no alcohol allowed in the strip club, but right across are the you, street. Are you speaking of the Admiral? The Admiral, yes. But right across the street, there's a bar, so everybody goes to that place and walks across the street to the Admiral. <laughs> 
How about that? It's the same exact thing. That's so strange <laughs> the, that they the don't have The Admiral's got a Larry Flick quote above the uh, door. What does it say? Why me worry? <laughs> it say, uh, I loved Woody Harrelson in Cheers. Uh, hey, that's a good movie. It, you know, uh, it's a good movie, yeah. Courtney Love. Um, Edward Norton, they met, they met and fell in love briefly. That is true. Well, look, we're at our top five. Mm. And uh, this is when things are getting intense. We're a little, we're a little tipsy in this, uh, you know, uh, as we keep going in this bar crawl. Um, we're gonna stay out west though, and uh, we're gonna class it up, and we're gonna fi- probably dial it back at this point, a hundred years, over a hundred years. Uh, we're gonna go to the Gold Room at the Overlook Hotel for Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Now, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this because I spent about three and a half hours talking Fair. about it at the Losers Club about two weeks ago. That was ago. your choice. We're uh, gonna it was spend my three choice. Three and a half hours talking about yeah. the Gold Room for number will, five on this list. I will say, in terms <laughs> of set design alone, it really doesn't get better than the Gold Room. I mean, this is probably the most beautiful hotel bar that has ever been put to film. I, it, it just It's gorgeous. It's just this absolutely gorgeous. This looks like a bar that you would go into if you're staying at a, a giant hotel. This yeah. looks it like remi- that. It reminds me a lot of the Roosevelt Hotel in New Orleans, which is mm. the, the, the premier spot to go get a Sazerac if you're down in New Orleans. But it's interesting because there's a place right next door called, like, Roosevelt Hotel. Like, they just switched it word around, but it's a dive bar. Mm. Interesting. Like, the, the names are so similar where I went in there and ordered a Sazerac, and I'm going to tell you, the dive bar one, not as good. Oh, not, interesting. It's good, not as good as the $17 one at the hotel bar. Wow. Who would have known? The, the yeah. one time, it's like, uh, what is it? The Plaza Hotel, there's like $20 cheeseburgers. I guarantee you the, you know, the, the Shake Shack down the street is better. Um, usually not the case. It's always the, the opposite. But here's one question I had about this. So the drink mm. that spills on Jack in the scene is called an Avocat. Have you ever made one of those, Mike? Oh, no. Okay. What is that? It's a traditional Dutch beverage. And I tried to make this before... Um, doing the the shining recording uh for the losers club it's made out of eggs sugar and brandy and uh it's got like a custard like consistency now in the dutch mm. like there are bottles that that have this but you'd have to you know order them and import them and all but i feel if if the if the bloody mary is going to get me daggers by bartenders if i say oh i'd like to have an advocate sir i'm pretty sure they'd throw me out of the fucking no, bar, you know what right? i i had a similar situ- accepted i had a similar situation to this where a guy comes in this guy and a girl i was covering on one of dave's shifts on a friday afternoon and they come in and he says give me a uh, a bitter geppetto and I kind of had that moment where I looked at him, but I could tell by the looks of him, like, I think, I was like, I think they're fucking testing me. Mm-hmm. So he goes, and it was, you know, it's the afternoon, and he goes, and I, he goes, you know, I'll, she goes, I'll have a zombie dust. He's like, I'll have a bitter Geppetto. Like, so he was so, like, what do I want to say, confident in his order. I had to look like, I just looked at him and go, absolutely. And I ran in the back, and I hit my phone. <laughs> a bitter Geppetto. It's actually known as a bitter Giuseppe. And Ooh. I looked at it. I looked at it, and I said, we have the ingredients, and I made it. Oh and my god! I, and, you didn't correct and, him. No, I wasn't going to correct him. I just said, "Here you go." And then I found out that he was. Te- they said, "Oh, I, we don't think Mike's likes us." And Dave told him, "Well, you came in on a Friday afternoon and ordered a fucking bitter Giuseppe. <laughs> like <laughs> that's not the way to your bartender's heart." Well, what is the way to your heart? What is an easy thing for? Is just something from the you know? Give me a well course. Or a no, course. Pro, pro tip is if you come in <laughs> silver after, If you come in after midnight, bring us bring us a snack. Mm. Don't matter Bring where you're going. Snack. What's a good snack, though? Put it out there. <laughs> Fucking McDonald's. Ooh. Uh, a, a, a cold piece of pizza. Wherever really? you went to dinner that night, like no matter if your bartender had dinner or had lunch, 
by midnight, they want they need something to eat, and they're t- sick and tired of everything in that bar. Like they're tired of eating olives or cocktail onions or whatever. You have snack one of the have best the fucking pop up kitchens I've ever had in my entire. They close life. at nine. Oh, that is true. Never mind. I so many of these bars now that have the the the, the, the kitchens, especially in this area, they, they stop at nine. It's, I don't yeah. get it. It's Chicago. Like People are showing up at nine. It's fucking ridiculous. People want to eat. I love... Here's my thing. And I piss off everyone. Whenever I go to Guthrie's, which is my go-to bar here in Chicago. Sorry, the Riff was my go-to bar during the pandemic. Uh, and, I, and I plan on going... You got to have a local. I but mean, unfortunately it's a for local. me, I mean it's 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 like going to another city for me. I can't. I literally can. Unfortunately I can for me, my local there. is also the Rift. The place I work is the you only local at. I like going to, and I hate that because I wish I had a spot where I could go and not end up because I'll know the bartender end up talking about fucking work. Yeah, well, you know, um, that's that's kind of how I. Uh, wh- wh- where is it that? Uh, no, it was actually. I'm trying to think. It was. Somewhere recently that I went to, oh, it was Kyle, Kyle Cooper, who works at the Music Box. I feel like I always hang hang out with him at the Music Box, and I feel bad. And he's like, no, 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 it's cool. I, I like where I work. So I, I wonder if that's, is that your same mantra? Do you it's, just- it's, it's similar, but it's also nice to, like, uh, you know, when Ashley, my my partner on Saturday nights, who, you know, some, some Halloweenies have ended up following on Twitter as well, like, we have fallen to that bad habit of sitting there, but we have to make it a point when, uh, like on a Friday, if she's getting off shift at night, we'll go somewhere else. Yeah. We'll go somewhere else, especially since, you know, the walls have ears. And if we're going to be, you know, putting someone through the ringer, uh, talking mm. shit, motherfucking them real bad, we can't be, we, we, spies. Yeah. So you go across the street. So we go, we go down the front <laughs> row on one side or natural law the other way. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Well, hey, speaking of, uh, you know, walls that have ears, the Overlook does. That's uh, right, because the Overlook is, is, is possessed. Yeah. So <laughs> what, what else do we have to say? If, so I had a question for you guys. Just as blunt as oh, possible. I have a good question like, for you, Vanderbilt, as a bartender. Um, how much would they have to pay you to dress up every night like uh, Lloyd? Uh-huh. I, I don't mind it. You know, The Shining. I like uh, as much. So, I mean, I worked at Chili's for 15 years, so I can handle a uniform if I have to. But the even bow tie Chili- and the jacket and the slick back hair. You're I like looking it. like my cousin Vinny, you know. If, if look, if I'm Two at youths a place, over here. Two if youths. I'm at a place where, uh, you know, you're selling those $17 cocktails mm. and you're making that kind of money every night, absolutely. I kind of like the... Uh, the ambiance of the, the, you know, committing to the look. The whole place is classy. The bartenders are classy. Right, here's your drawback, though. Let's say it's around the time that he's time traveling too, and that the dollar has not been adjusted. So you're really only getting tipped like, you know, <laughs> like a quarter or some shit, whatever they're getting paid back then. Uh, now, would you but, still do it? Uh, you know what? The biggest problem for me with a, a get up like that would be keeping that white shirt clean because. Uh, despite being the best bartender in Chicago uh, for 2021, I'm also the sloppiest bartender. Really? I, I just, when at the end of a shift, when I, especially when I worked at Chili's, I would just be, I would just have shit all over my shirt. All well, over my to pants. be fair, I did not, I voted for you for sloppiest, not for best. Thank, thank you, and I appreciate that. I, I'm sorry I you really, I really thought I had that one in the bag. I know. No, it's but okay. I, had a, I, I, have, I actually have a text here, uh, Vanderbilt. Mm. Oh, this is cool. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Brian Brown. Um, he said, um, hey... <laughs> I hear that uh, your friend Mike needs some help behind the bar. Um, let me teach him. Wait one second. He's. he's oh, I know where he's telling him to go, though. What did he say? He said to go to Kokomo. Hey, wait. A- I want you to bring Brian Dennehy. And, oh, <laughs> just yes. All the, all the Brian Brown jokes. We can yeah, it's just FX, an illusion. FX2 and you know? Cocktail. But what you know else what? is he no, in? Brian Brown can't be that good of a bartender in that movie because he's so impressed 
with the straw in the blender. Yes. You remember that scene where he pours mm-hmm. it? Oh, that's like he says something like, oh, that's a nice touch. And Tom Cruise nice is touch. really ple- pleased with himself. I'm like, what? You know, though, that looking... Tom Cruise learned every fucking move in that movie. Oh, I guarantee I he you he was just like, I need, to know, I need to know every goddamn thing that you know. <laughs> and like, you know, some poor fucking bartender in New York or wherever they're shooting was just like, uh, Mr. Cruise, I can't do this uh, extra hours. I work eight hours already. You know? And he's like, show me how to make a Bloody Mary. Show me how to do it. Um, but it's past four o'clock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, not in the Ruba, baby. Hey, uh, all right. I have a question for you guys. Do you guys have any favorite hotel bars? Because I'm a big fan of the hotel bar. I love going to the, um, God, I'm blanking right now. Oh, Chicago Athletic Club is great. Yeah, Chicago Athletic Club. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Awesome. That, that's, a very, that's very similar to the Overlook, too. There's a lot of Overlook tones. To so, the, especially uh, when they've got the winter set up, because you go straight to the back, and mm-hmm. it's there, and it's kind of like the big overhang, too. Yeah. I have, I have, I have a short list. Uh, we, used to, we used to go for our guys weekend every February to Milwaukee, usually to end up going to see Cheap Trick, oddly mm. enough. Um, not at the a bar, though. No, the not at a bar. Fi- at a hockey game. At, uh-huh. It was always at a hockey game. At the after an ad, they, you would have the Admiral game, which the ticket would be like twenty bucks, right? Uh, that's their low tier hockey uh, team. And then for an extra ten, you could go down on the ice for the Cheap Trick concert. So you were, you would be, you could be front row. That's hmm. insane. It was that- fucking awesome. I did it. I did, we did it twice, and then we saw once do Dream Police in its entirety at the the casino up there. Like, it just happened to wow. land always in February, which is cool. But the hotel bar at the Hyatt, we always stayed at the Hyatt Regency. Hotel bar there was great. The Hotel Fister in Milwaukee had yep. a very great, real cool conversation haunted. with the guy. Yeah, haunted. But the bartender was great. He was just one of these guys you could tell he'd been doing it forever. Had a joke for everything. You know, quick with a joke, light of your smoke. If there was smoking in bars, I couldn't tell you. And uh, the hotel at the Dive, or rather the bar at the Dive Hotel Motel in Nashville was very cool. And the um, Mama Shelter in L.A. has one of the best rooftop bars in Los Angeles. Mm. I love Los Which Angeles is, Really, technically, a hotel, <laughs> it doesn't fit squarely into my hotel bar you know, thing. Because the hotel bar is great because it's dangerous, too. Because the hotel bar, that's the guy you want to talk to. Where can I go? I'm looking for this. The hotel mm. bartender knows everything. But it's also very easy to get sucked into the hotel bar, which is usually very expensive mm-hmm. because it's there. You come down the stairs, ah, let's stop off here and have a Bloody yep. Mary before we go out. And then you just spent two hours in there talking to somebody from Chicago. Yeah. I feel like when I've gone stay in, in larger hotels in my jet-setting life, I feel like that's where I end up at the end of the night. Yes. Is at the hotel that's bar. The, yeah. before. That is the strength of yeah. the hotel yeah. bar. If you come that's home early thing. enough where you can have one more. Mm-hmm. You and you potentially meet someone at the hotel bar. Uh, meet a young we'll lady. Tell me you fell room. in love. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny story about uh, Nicholas Winding Refn. Uh, Finally, a funny story about Nicholas <laughs> yeah, Winding Refn. Right. The guy's sense of humor for miles. Oh my god! We interviewed him down at Fantastic Fest uh, when he was down there promoting his big book of exploitation posters. And uh, we were done with the interview, and we're leaving, and uh, the, his rep said, "Oh, he has Nicholas Winding has a question for you." Uh, he, he goes, they said Nicholas yeah, Winding instead. Instead of just Nick. Oh my God, damn it! Whatever. What did they say? But he goes, "Yeah, you a bartender? Yes. I, that, I don't know if that's what he sounds like, but that's how he yeah. sounds like in that's my head." Right. And he, I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Do you have any stories about you know, a girl give you the key to the room and you go up there after your shift?" And I had to look. I had to look at Nicholas Winding Revan and say. Nah, Nick. I work at a Chili's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's probably that is not my aesthetic. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's like, what is this Chili's? Uh, God, Ella Fanning's sitting next to him, just like, can we go? Um, 
No, she was too young at yeah, the time. Probably at that point. Um, anything else to say about The Gold Room? Uh, I know that... Well, The Shine's a great It's a great movie, film. I mean. You know, what can I say? It's a classic. You well, know? What are you, you going to order? What are you going to order at The Gold Room? I want to get The Advocate. Because I'm not going to get anywhere the else. Advocate? You know what? Yeah. Think... You know what? Make it yeah. too. Make, and I'll uh, spill it maybe, on maybe one a Jack... Hey, hey, I'll have uh, what he's uh, having. Maybe uh, maybe a Jack Daniels, but I got to say, when I'm in a hotel bar or something a little bit classy, uh, I, I, I'm not a big, I don't want to say I'm not a big whiskey fan, but I went through my whiskey period about 10 years ago, and I'm, I, I still enjoy it, but it's not my thing. If I'm at a place like that, I want a gin martini mm. with three Interesting. hours. I see, I don't like I don't, I don't like, like gin. gin either. You know, I like gin and juice, the song. No, I like Jen Adams, who's been a guest on this podcast yeah, several Adams. times, but I don't like gin the drink. Yeah. Well, I'm out. Um, too bitter. I, I'm a huge fan of hotel bathrooms, though, because they always look really fucking nice. And uh, I will mm. say the bathroom in this movie, uh, this movie, uh, this film uh, is uh, exquisite. Um, so, look, there's no fucking gold room. You know, it's a, that was it. It was it was a set. So I will say, you know, a few years ago in the United Kingdom, it was a, a set in the United Kingdom. Um, and uh, so, yeah, there was no uh, there's no real gold room. But there has been a bunch of pop ups because, uh, you know, The Shining is an iconic movie. And uh, Chicago had one of them. And uh, the Losers Club were able to go to the Room 237 pop-up. And it was pretty cool. That's right. Um, and they had a lot of drinks that were inspired by the movie. And um, it, it was really interesting. But the thing that, the thing that's, no one ever will be able to replicate it. Because the, the specific, the specificity that Kubrick had for that room is, is just unbelievable. And also unbearable. Because uh, what happened was <laughs> it was originally the Silver Room. And he looked in, he mm. was like, no, not good enough. And they had drilled in and done every one of the little paneling to make it the gold room or the silver room. And they're like, I want it gold. And they're like, uh, Mr. Kubrick, we have to. I said it. gold. Said gold. This fucking so they had to do it all over again in, in a gold paneling. So no wonder everyone, uh, you know. That's crazy because I always heard Kubrick was, you know, like even. Oh, yeah, keeled. he's pretty laid back, too. You know, he's just like, ah, <laughs> oh, we'll do one take and go. Um, you know, I, I think it's he was funny. The I, he was a Clint Eastwood yeah. of his day. For years, I thought he was British. He's like, no, nah, he's. Yeah. I thought too. No, Coast. he's just a fucking. He lived there for a long time, though. I believe at one point, or even at the end, I think he might have lived in the United Kingdom, the the, the giant United Kingdom, as we call yeah, it. Yeah, well, you know, here. he's kind of like one of those hipsters, right? That are like, you know, I'm done with America, and uh, you know, here yeah. we go. Um, speaking of the British, though, number four, mm-hmm. an American werewolf in London, the slaughtered lamb. Well, you mentioned. I thought that was the transition, Mike, when you talked about tubs. And, and bathrooms mm. because, look, I like to keep it clean, but I would have loved to have been David Naughton having a shower with Jenny Oh, Agater. I think anyone would. Um, and American Wolf yeah. in London, so I thought that's you know, where you were going. Well, you know, okay. that's, that's fair enough. Uh, one, of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite cinematic duos, uh, Jenny Agutter. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, you know, this, this is uh, going to be on the main feed. Hey, so, uh, hey. Hey I'll, hey, I'll have what oh, he's having. Oh, well, uh, and that is, that would be uh, a werewolf, um, because uh, that is uh, what David... One, one werewolf, werewolf, please. please. Could you please give me some of his leg? Um, you know, trouble with that is that if you do kill a werewolf, he becomes a human, so you can't actually eat a werewolf. You could really quickly. Quickly, like, oh, get him! Before he changes. Get the hair. Um, you can't eat, you a can't eat a werewolf. Get the weird, get the weird <laughs> nails. Know, it's always going to be the human. Let's go. Um, yeah. Mike, I think... I think we debated this on our, our, our the first commentary track. How about that? We had the first the oh, first hi. rental in the first aisle, um, and also a second Landis because the second time Landis is coming on here. We I think mm. we debated if, if David and Jack had just stayed put, the movie doesn't happen, right? Right. 
but that that's the beautiful was, thing about it. That it place wasn't it. that welcoming no. either, which leads me to a question. Have you guys ever walked... It kind of piggybacks on what Justin said earlier. Have you ever walked into a bar, not necessarily it was empty, like near dark, but walked into a bar where there were people oh, he's there, and you, oh, dear and, boy. and you you knew that you did not uh-huh. belong there? And did I've you stay? I've got a did wonderful story yeah. for you. There is, two blocks mm-hmm. away from me, in Lincoln Square, a Russian bar. I won't give the name of it because God knows who's listening. God knows who's really <laughs> running this particular. Well, there's nothing bar. going on in Russia right now, so just come on. But we know, yeah, they love. It. But it's just well known that you don't go in there unless you know the people who run the bar. So my old roommate Chris Rowe, one of like the sweetest people to ever live, he's Lance Gas. Basically, he just moved to Chicago. He had just moved to Chicago and was exploring. He was exploring Chicago. He was exploring the neighborhood. So, of course, he walks in there just like they do in this movie. And he's like, hey. He's like, hi, can I get a so-and-so? He, it's like music stops. The conversations stop. Death that is stare. a slaughtered lamb. And they think they served him, but he knew that he should not have been in there and left. But, yeah, so that's just a couple blocks away. I have never gone in, but, God, there have been so many times where I've been drunk around there where I've just been like, I'm going to fucking go. <laughs> and they'll never see you again. Let's go. They sh- and you never see you know, again. They ship yeah, you off, ship yeah, off to ship Russia. off to like Eastern Europe and you're in like an Eli Roth movie. Um, but yeah, so you, there you go. How there are definitely you places like I, that. Not a bar, but I, I've, I vividly remember as a kid, it was like 93, 92. And it was 92. It was right when uh, Home Alone and Lost in New York came out. Because I was like, I got to go to New York. Oh, that's how, yeah. So my dad dragged me to New Classic. York back to his stomping grounds. And we were like walking around Little Italy. And he's like, I, I know this place I want to take you to. Um, it's really good. And I was such a little shit. You know, remember, I've talked about this on the podcast. I'm a little pudgy bastard. And I was like, I want to eat now. I want to eat now. And so we were like, he's like, God damn it, fine. And so he turned and like we went to some random Italian restaurant. So, and, and it was a walk-up. It wasn't really even an Italian restaurant. It was like a walk-up that had a sign outside. So we go in there. And the minute we, in, we went in, even as an, a, a six-year-old, I knew Okay, this isn't a place that you're supposed to be. It was a total mob front. And that we sat down and we had our, you know, spaghetti and meatballs and there was no one else in there and we all knew and my dad knew especially that like we should not be here. We wow. are we are not welcome. Um, interlopers. And, yeah, total interlopers, but because I was a kid, I'm pretty sure we got a pass. Um, but even as a kid, I remember being like Oh, I should have just shut my mouth and waited. Oh, Mike, I don't know, Mike. I think there's a bar in Chicago that... Oh, there is a, <laughs> there's a bar, yeah. UPS. Yeah, there's a couple of them. Um, you know, one that I've... There's a couple. I, uh, I just, just know one, of one. Just one. We won't it name it. It involves beer and a pool yeah, table. Yeah, it does. It does. And I didn't know that the... I forgot the beer was in... It was a full beer. And uh, let's just say I spilled it on the bar, t- the, the you know, on the pool table. And um, yeah, they yeah. didn't like that. Too. They, they weren't, weren't too happy, happy about, about that. that. And, you know, there were a couple of trash cans that I beat the shit out of outside. So, uh, you know... Uh, I was very uh, was angry night. that night, but um, it was a good night. Because I, I tried to fix it, and they were like, "Get the fuck out of here!" And I was yeah, like, "Get the did. fuck out of here!" Throw your arms up. I'm out. I'm yeah. done. Yeah. That's bye it. bye. Bye. Yeah. But you know, I've been back since, and uh, you know, it's a great bar. Um, you know, if you one time it's called in, the Slaughtered Lamb. Yeah. Uh, we did that. We were picking up a friend from the airport when we were in Florida. We were on spring break. He was coming down late, and we went to a bar by the airport, and we walked in there, and we ordered like they had a menu, and they had, so it wasn't like a true like you know. You know, shithole. Mm. But like, you had that moment where we walked in, everybody looked at us, and I think it was like we were halfway through our wings and like our beers. My buddy Dan, who I'm with, says, "I think it's time for us to go." Yeah, mm-hmm. like, they, yeah. Not, they did not like us there. They, I don't know if they thought we were spies or whatever. spies. 
but uh, it's an in, it's an interesting it's an interesting feeling, and you know it, which is counter counter to Rock Island Public House, where when that door opens, I do watch everybody who's sitting around a bar like on a slower night, head kind of turn in unison to see who it is, and it's usually just to see if it's somebody they know or if it's if it's, especially if it's a young yeah. man looking to see if it's some girl mm-hmm. that he can yeah. bother. Totally, totally. I love this. Uh, I had a question. Are you all pub fans or tavern fans? How would you differentiate? That's yeah. I guess they're kind of the same. I I think there's the pub is more of like, I feel like the pub stresses more about beer, whereas tavern stresses more about community. I'm a tavern Mm, guy. Tavern, me too. Yeah. Yeah. On that definition, I'm a tavern guy. You know, I am. I'm 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 pub at the beginning of the night, and then end at a tavern. Interesting. Okay. Where it's a little loud. It's really loud. We're all just kind of we're at our full gregarity at that point. If that's a word. And I feel like I'm a little more open. I will that say, way. I was I was oh. at a pub once, and some guy like stood up and uh, talked about how he's gonna kill this beast. And um, uh, I was like, uh, get this guy out of here. And um, if, was it a werewolf? No, his name was Gaston. Um, but then uh, you know, oh just my joking. god. Hey, listen, the baguettes, yeah, hurry the up, baguettes, Marie. Um, yeah, there are a lot. Of, I feel like Chicago. You know, Irishmen like to. So. Yeah, Irishmen like to stay, like especially like off the boat. Irish. They like to go to like these Irish places in Chicago and then, you know, like just stop the jukebox and start telling a story mm-hmm. or reading a poem or some shit. You ever have that happen to you? Uh, I have like it's a very Irish thing. No. There's no this isn't a bit. This I was gonna this, say I was no. really I was racking my thousands of movies I've seen in my brain and thinking, is this, is no. this a Fairly Brothers movie? Like no, I was trying to figure out what the hell you're I've talking about. I've never seen it happen, like no. Yeah, this is like, like I once knew a girl on Golden oh, Street. Or something yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I once knew a girl from Nantucket. You know, but I've, oh, seen hey, I've seen it happen. Wait, wait, so I've not seen it happen, but I guarantee I will see it now. Did people stop and listen? I couldn't understand what you're saying because you know how the Irish are. She's shy, she's shy, she's shy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, she's you now, Mike, you can make that joke because uh, you I am are, Irish. Are you full That's Irish right. or are you half Irish? No, just a good. He's just uh, enough to make the just, jokes. Just a good half. Okay. To quote Goodfellas. Oh yeah, the, the, there you I, go. oh. Um, isn't uh, what's his name? Um, God, he was in a, he was in Alan Partridge. He's like a, the, a Colm Meany. Isn't he Irish? Colm. Yeah, he's yeah, got to he be. He is. Irish. That sure yeah. sounds Irish yeah, to me. Yeah. From Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Oh yeah, that's true. Ob- Chief O'Brien. Oh yeah, yeah, that's Irish. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. We're not. He's the only Irishman. They, I think he's the only Irishman they let in the academy. Right? Well, they realized the errors of their ways, and that was a wrap after that. So that's <laughs> All right. Well, we're talking. I can make that joke because I'm in the company of Irish people. <laughs> I can make that joke because I'm part of Starfleet. Star. Ooh, oh my okay. god. Well, back at the slotted lamb. Uh, we're gonna have to have an like a pint, right? You know, that, that's all. You oh have. no, dear boy. Oh, okay. I'm having a little Bordeaux because a Bordeaux goes well with meat, with lamb, oh. with lamb, with lamb specifically, Specific, specifically lamb. Yeah. Right. Fun fact went, about this movie is the the guy who tells a story about like, oh, you got to stay from the away from the moors. That guy, he later played the warden in Alien Three. Oh, he does. Yeah. Uh, love Alien funny. Three. I, th- I, I think he's I think he's long been toast. Mm, I'm sure. But um, yeah, he's good in those movies Toast. at least. Before he died, you know, uh, uh, I would go with an English style bitter. But the thing is, if you're overseas, you got to do it at room temperature. And I don't mind room temperature beer. Yeah, I can't do it. I don't know how you guys. Oh uh, no, 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 no! I can't no. even finish. I don't even need it like frosted necessarily, but I can't just have it. So, it tastes flat to me. Sometimes, like I do like uh, personally, I'm a plastic cup guy. I've always like said a, that about you. I like a cold, <laughs> cheap beer out of a plastic cup. That's just, red. Life, no, clear. I like the clear kind. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. That's like, that's like right out of the tap, you know? Let's yeah. Go. yeah. That's cool. And I do like a frosted mug, especially if like an old school I mug. I do love frosted you know, like mugs. Stein. Yeah, frosted mugs are nice. With, with the handle. and But you only, only want to do like a Coors Light or a Miller Light. Even a Bud Light tastes good. I, I could do the Pepsi Challenge with those three, with Coors Light, Miller Light, Bud Light. I could pick out the Bud Light. I know that I could. We should do this on a... Uh, we should do this on a, a Instagram half yeah. hour or something to see if we can all do it. It'd be but good I if we like... did it like for uh, if we were doing an episode called Best Bars of Horror. <laughs> <laughs> and no one can see what you're actually drinking now. It's like we have to take Vanderbilt's word yeah, for it. Like, we, we even, get, we, even look, we get look, off the Zoom look. call like, okay, which one is it? Mike, which one is it? Three. Well, I'm, but now, yo, Justin, you like those higher percentage beers. Like, well, I, do, I do. All, I have, I, like, oh, yeah. I have well, found... Great. Those heavy stouts, particularly where they have chocolate notes and ah, stuff, yeah. serve that at room temperature. It opens it up. Like, no, kill mm. me. You just get just, more just, out of it. I yeah, think. I'm not a big fan of the ones that like the chocolatey beers, though. I'm not a big fan of those. So I, I had a roommate that was obsessed with Guinness, and he, you know, and I feel like anyone who's obsessed uh, no, with I'm Guinness out. always is like, yeah, I could drink a ton of Guinness. And I'll be like, okay, good. good. Go for it. And then I'll sit well, here and, I'll tell you, and be svelte. Um, I used to think that Guinness <laughs> was heavy until I started working in craft beer. Mm. And Guinness, I could, I could probably sit and pound Guinnesses now because it is light in comparison to some of these fifteen percent stouts that we get on tap at Rock Island Public House. I believe it. Well, you know what? I also believe uh, that the the guys like car bombs. Eh. I used to enjoy that, but that would be like a you know that would be that would be something that would annoy. I'm certain bartenders who are probably out here giving yes. a fucking party asking for yes. fucking Irish car bombs. So, I, you know, but yes. Problematic, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh yeah, Malort got in trouble for posting something about Irish car bombs. Even though everyone says it. Um, you know. It's, 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 look, I, I'm Irish. I give you my blessing. Call it a car well, bomb. Now they just call them uh, the Lunch Troubles boxes. car bombs. Yeah, I don't. It's a specific time. It's I okay. I don't put too much stock in religious wars. But, uh, okay, so the the pub. <laughs> Fuck them all. Kill, kill them all. Let God sort exactly. them out. Exactly. Leland Gaunt. Yeah. Leland Gaunt yeah. said it best. Uh, Leland Gaunt was Irish, right? Oh, he had to be. Sure. <laughs> At one point, he probably Gaunt. was. Siri, what is Gaunt? <laughs> what is Gaunt? Uh, it's thin. So the pub that's shown in the film, um, it was actually a cottage. It was lo- located in Cricodarn. Uh, and the interior scenes oh. were filmed in... <laughs> Oh yeah, you like you frequent cricket iron? Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, cricket iron. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I vacation there. I spent my summers. Um, well, that's where I was on December, all through December. Uh, I was all right. In. Well, the you said Surrey before. Uh, you said Surrey, but it was actually the interiors were filmed in Surrey at a place called the Black Swan. Um, the Black Swan. Shishar, shishar. But if you don't want to go overseas and end up like fodder, like the characters of this movie, mm. you could go to Greenwich Village um, and end up like a hipster, um, a, y- a yuppie hipster, and you could go to on my way. the Slaughtered Lamb there. They, uh, they have a pub there that is very themed to this movie, which I, actually I think is pretty cool. Um, That's fine. There's nothing a, hip- in, hipster about that. In a that. city that is as abysmal as uh, New York City, it's c- cool to have uh, <laughs> some fun accoutrements there. That, that, that have some well, you know what they things. say, Mike, everything changes. You know, things change. Like uh, Batman says, Batman, lasts begin, forever. Uh, Batman returns. Um that was a, a, a New York minute. Well, speaking of someone who went to New York, Jason Voorhees. Um, yes, you did. And uh, but let's say you know he. This wasn't the Jason Voorhees that we know from Friday Thirteenth Part Two, where he's wearing a bag. But this place seems to be uh, the kryptonite for Jason, the casino bar, um, and the salvation. <laughs> this is actually a, this is a, this this proves. That this series was actually very pro alcohol yes. because it was the alcohol that saved the mm-hmm. people who decided to get even more drunk now, and who survived this film. Very rare. 
I don't think that we need to talk about this one too much because I feel like that Friday Thirteenth Part Two episode, you guys went so oh, yeah. far into this fucking history of the bar. <laughs> oh, love it. So if you really want to hear all about the history of this bar, go listen to Friday Thirteenth Part Two. I think Vanderbilt, you probably talk about the band that's in that, right? I, I'm trying to. Yep, I'm, we did. I, I'm consulting my notes to see if I can find the uh, the band name. Uh, the the band yeah. name, and I'm. I do have something to say about this, okay. though, is that because the, the casino closed down in 81, mm-hmm. shortly after, I believe, this film was shot, and it was burned down the next year. Do you think it was Mrs. Oh, Voice? it could have been. It could have been, you know. Uh, what if, yeah, she burns no, down I, campgrounds. Maybe she burned down this, uh, <laughs> this place that uh, spared so many lives. I hope so. You know. Um, you know. I hope well, so. Look, I hope it was Mrs. I want Morris my kill count higher, and I wanted that, that fucking dork from part two be dead, you know? Ted is great. Leave Ted He's out of this. Good. No, that's Ned. Or, that's, oh, it's Ned. No, it's Ted. No, Ted is, yes. Oh, Ted's right. the first one. No, no, it's Ted, because Ned is the first movie. Ned is in the first movie. Ted and is Ted is in the, in the second, second movie. movie. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Well. The great Clyde, Clyde Bruckman episode. He's the killer in that X-Files episode. How about that? I love uh, the Clyde Bruckman episode. I think he was married at one point to like the president of the president of the Producers Guild of America or something like that. Some something odd like that. Hmm. Well, but uh, there you I go. like Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. I wasn't on the episode. I'm a huge fan of it. I think that it's scary. Um, love the bar. The bar is great, and it's really it's a shame that it burned down because it, it would have been one of those things that I certainly certainly would have gone to if I'm I don't know in Connecticut, which is I've only happened well, once in my entire lifetime, but. I feel like, am I forgetting this? Or this is a bar in which the bar is actually set up in the middle of the floor. Yes. Am I right? Yeah. Remembering that yeah. right? And I think on the other side is where the band is, and on the opposite side of that is where people sit and drink. It's actually, I kind of like the setup of yeah, this Yeah, it's not bad. It's, it's it's made with logic, and I, I'm a huge fan of logic. And um, you know, It's rare to find that in a Friday the 13th film. I mean, that is true. God, especially in the later sequels. Uh, are we good with Friday the 13th? What are we going to drink here? This place, for me, screams PBR. So... Uh, something. Oh, something oh in, yeah, that's a good one. I'll, something in hey. a green bottle. Uh, something from the East Coast. So maybe a rolling. How about rock. a Heineken? Roller. I think they drink Heineken in the movie. Rolling Rock. I would say maybe a Rolling Rock. What about rock. Yingling? That's yeah. I guess it's a that's a that's a Midwest beer. Oh, that, what would it look no, like to that's you? Oh, it's, Pes- it's Pennsylvania, yeah. right? Or I, yeah, Yingling. I think would be would be okay. fair. That's a good call. Right. Well, yeah, this was filmed in the Connecticut. This this sequence, at least, this, at least the exterior was. Uh, so there yeah. you go. Maybe. Back when there was still close, close still on the East Coast and on the West Coast production. Well, kind of in New England, I should say. Yeah, no, okay. close to King's Dominion. Uh, mm. Well, I guess this one really isn't on the East uh, Coast. Speaking of green, though. Speaking of green, though, we got number two, Gremlins, 1984's yes. Gremlins, Joe Dante classic, Dory's Tavern. Um, you know, aside from the maniacs that are running around there doing all those fun bits, this place is pretty cozy. It kind of reminds me of Guthrie's yeah. from Chicago a little bit. I, I uh, look at the low ceilings. You know, you kind of feel like you, have to, you, have, you have to step up to get in. Um, I, but Crip. I feel like I related to the gremlins on this particular. Oh, really? Which, like which we've gremlin? There. We've all um, daddy gremlin. Daddy gremlin. What is daddy? daddy gremlin. What is daddy gremlin doing? Daddy gremlin doesn't get out much. No. But I'll tell you what, when he gets out, he's, he's going partying. for it. He's Daddy partying. Grim- and Daddy um, obviously, not your father's gremlin. No, absolutely not. And and Phoebe Cates is obviously attending bar. Yeah, well, so, we're I mean, in. Uh, you know, I, I'm at Dory's Tavern as much as often as I can. More than Billy is. I'll put yeah. it that way. I'm trying to, to get to Dory's Tavern as, as often as possible. Be like, hey, lose that that dickhead in, with the backpack, all right? Lose the judge. <laughs> or also lose and Judge, judge Reinhold. Reinhold. God, <laughs> Judge Reinhold, what a run with uh, Phoebe Cates there. Um, 
yeah, from from sisters and brothers to lovers. Yeah, pretty wild. Like they were like they were. They, we, they weren't no, but uh, you know, close. Dory's Tavern for me. Uh, what I love about it is uh, its its willingness to accept camp. Um, because there's a lot of camp in this uh, scene, and I love the flash dance moment. I think it's a fun moment. It's a, it's timely. It's yes. topical, and you know, it also is timeless because I see it now and I still laugh all these years later. Um, and that's the risk about that, yeah. right? Because it, if that was just like a flash in the pan movie that nobody remembered, flash in the pan, yeah, flash dance, flash in the dance, pan. yeah. But um, luckily for them, people still remember that Adrian Lin movie in that in that moment. Yeah. How about that? He's back. He's back with a. Uh, was it dark water? Is it called or hot water? I think deep, deep water. water, whatever. It's Anna de Armas, so I'm in. Um, you know, Anna de Armas and an erotic thriller directed by Adrian Lin. You know what? I might check I might. it out. <laughs> you know, shot in the I dark. I might check it you know, out. I might have to watch it after I watch that bullshit Pixar movie that's out right now. Um, <laughs> all right, number one. Or no, wait. Oh, where oh, are we going to drink here? What are we? Gonna, Vanderbilt, uh, you well, got to go all I in because you actually did a pop up Gremlins bar once at, at one point, or maybe you were joking at that point. No, we were joking. We just said I. I just like in the fact that that's how most of our customers behave, particularly around the holidays. Yeah. Just. Acting a that's, fucking that's me. Fool. Your place does look like Dory's Bar, though. I've been to the Rift it's, during the holidays, and it, it looks just especially like especially with the yeah. Hol- it, yeah, we did a lot of decorations for Christmas, and I love Christmas decorations in a bar. There's something about love that it. it just does it for mm-hmm. me, especially when it's kind of quiet and you're sitting there. You can just well, I like I like I like twinkling lights. Oh, it's a it's thing. A great, I love it's it. It's the little things in life, and I like that warmth that we talk about. And uh, I'm a big fan of that Flasher Gremlin. Oh, the Flasher Gremlin. I funny. would. I would def. This is the kind of place where you want the cheapest beer in the coldest mug, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I was thinking the same thing. A Miller mug. High Life for me. A mug. A mug, not a pint. A yeah. mug. Yeah. yeah. Proper. And you want popcorn. I love a bar. I was thinking, my yeah. God damn it! I'm not kidding. I was thinking a mug of beer and and popcorn and a little. You know, throw the fucking peanut place. shells on the floor like at Lone Star. Yes. Oh God, Lone Star! I haven't thought of that in a while. Um. I'm craving peanuts right now. I am now. too. I got a couple of peanuts. I'm craving a bar, to be honest. Well, with you. you know, <laughs> I want to go to a bar soon, but uh, we'll we'll have to just talk about. We should them. all go to a bar soon, like and hang out, like not at business or. I anything. know we, we never really go. do that anymore. You know, it's kind of like. And I can like I have Fridays off now. I could do it on a Friday. Well, come on up. We have a couch come for you up. to stay on, and you know. But let's not go. go to let's not go to the music. We're box. not going to go to the music anywhere. box. We'll go to like you yeah. know. Um, Fryer Tuck, which has popcorn. We could go there. I like Fryer Tuck. Guthrie's. Or Guthrie's. Guthrie's is a good one, too. Um, yeah, let's make this happen. Or why don't we make this happen? Number one, we're going down mm. to close to Mexico. It's a little crazy down here. I got to say, there are some people that uh, they go for the jugular. Uh, from dusk till dawn, y- you knew that this was going to happen. If you didn't know that this was number one, then you don't know horror movies. I- I'm sorry. I'm just saying it. The- Shots it's fired. Twister. It had fired. to be number one. And this is a this isn't a duh, I mean it is a duh, but it's also a no shit because, like, the whole fucking movie revolves around this place. It's the wildest bar that I've ever seen put to film. It, it's 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 amazing. Like, and also, arguably one of the hottest moments to ever hit celluloid with Salma Hayek. <laughs> uh, you can get rid of the arguably. I mean, it is. It's it's unbelievable. It's just um, unbelievable. And not to mention just Salma Hayek's left foot is one of the sexiest feet on screen. Yeah, it's pretty great. I will say. Yes, sir. Um, th- I don't know. What else is it? Hey, no lies detected. <laughs> God. <laughs> that scene understands the assignment. Yes, it did. Great song. Uh, I may or may not have de- absolutely memorized the lyrics to that song. Oh, After Dark by <laughs> Tito and Tarantula? I'm not sure I memorized those lyrics so well. but What a great uh, soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. Yeah. I, the, the, yeah. the closing track on that movie is, is probably one of the best closing tracks ever. Um, Isn't that Dark yeah. Knight? It's the opening and the yeah. closing, but like yeah. that, sec- that I remember being in the theater... 
And you saw this in theaters? It. Holy shit! Opening day. Oh man, I can't. I, no, I saw it on, on VHS. I saw Black Mask in theaters. Uh, it was the coldest fucking day of the year. My buddy Dan and I had just done. We had just finished up our uh, midterms in high school. We knew we wanted to see it. The only theater that was playing it was Ford City 14. Uh, but we got out of school early, so we went to the afternoon show. My mom dropped us off. She picked us up. It was just so fucking cold. It was us and one other guy in the theater. And oh, I, my dream. When, when, that, when, it, when it pulled back to reveal the, the temple, I was oh, like, I, perfect. you know, as, as, as a 15-year-old who thought he knew about cinema, I was like, I just witnessed a drive-in movie for an era without drive-ins. Yeah. And was just so enamored with it. Immediately went out and bought the soundtrack. Oh, what a what a picture. So here's the thing. I had a question, and I think, Justin, you mm. might have asked this on Twitter once. Like, did you know about the vampires? Because yeah. I didn't. I, I had no idea. I vividly remember on E! Coming Attractions. <laughs> remember the, the trailer yeah, show yeah. on E! All the trailers they showed, showed it. it. They, they have it. it. They show they showed the reveal of the woman when she takes like whatever it is away and she's the full vampire face. It's all I over had that no trailer. Idea. I watched it. That's unbelievable. I, I still don't understand how many people. There I are think a the lot majority of people. Of people. I think the majority of people did know, but it well, wasn't anybody a who was huge going amount. to see anybody who was going to see that movie probably read because it didn't do well. No. Read no. about it in Fangoria, despite the uh, you know the uh, George Clooney being in it, who was huge. At the time. Sexiest, but I mean, sexiest the ads, the commercials, the commercials, and, and younger the trailers all. had vampires all over. I'm sure that the, the poster had some allusion to it. I don't it. know how I fucking missed it. Oh, wait, I'm looking there at right now. There were bats and shit it, on the poster. It says right here, uh, do not enter vampires at this bar. <laughs> wait, does it really? Oh, <laughs> no, it okay, okay no. all right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> does that mean do not enter because there's vampires there, or do not enter Vampires, you know what I'm saying? Oh, oh very good, shit. very good. Oh boy, there it so, is. There it is. <laughs> I so the thing that I love about this movie so much is that it it, it just captures the zeitgeist, like it, the zeitgeist of the moment. It's like it, this is like I feel like this is Tarantino's first like real like kind of just party for himself, where he got to kind of just kind of lean back and just been like, I'm having a moment, I'm gonna live it, but I'm not gonna l- be lazy about that moment i'm gonna have fun with it and i'm i'm gonna write the movie that i wish i saw in drives i feel like that's what he's doing but it feels like a victory lap at the same way too like it's like i'm on top of the world right now and i'm gonna have the most fun i possibly can while doing it while also george clooney's doing the same thing because he's the sexiest man alive and he's owning it like he's trying to break into film but like you got to remember uh for our younger listeners around this time trying to make that move from tv to film was dangerous because of the, the David Caruso situation, yep. yeah, which Jade. everybody will remember. He he jumped off ship to do Jade, and didn't he do? Uh, was he in Romeo Must? No, not Romeo Must Die. No, that uh, was Romeo's Gary Oldman. No, what's the one with um, with Nicolas Cage? Yes, Sna- you know, you know what I'm talking about. No. The John Dahl movie. You know exactly. What I know exactly. It's not Snake Eyes, is it? Hold on. No, no, it's not. That's De Palma. Hold on a second. I'll, I'll find well, it. Well, it's worry. it's. But um, yeah, I I, I agree. It's. It, it, but he, and it, it's funny that this movie flopped, considering all the talent behind it. But I think Kiss uh, of Death, Kiss of Death. Yeah. Well, I love this movie. I, I this is one of the most rewatchable movies for me. I could if it's on, I'm watching it no matter where it is. Ideally, it's in the beginning because I think what's underrated is that first half. The first half is just. I, this is where I would like to enter into this part of it because I still think that the first half is actually the superior really? wow. part of the movie before the vampire. I think 
it's a really weird movie. You know, I mean, both of these quote unquote protagonists are really awful. They people. are. Oh, I love that. Yeah. These people, you wouldn't see this movie today. Oh Not God, the no, old no. man with yells a cloud, but this movie doesn't exist, especially the Quentin Tarantino character. So. It feels very intense, and are they going to get out? You're kind of rooting for them, you're kind of not. You little transgressive. The great Harvey Keitel. Little transgressive. Yeah, it's very transgressive. And then once the vampires enter, then I do feel like it's just but, like kind of like homage central. It, 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 like, I mean, I don't say like it's a real. There's no such thing as a realistic but, vampire movie because vampires don't exist. But it gets a little too over the top, and like the tone kind of jumps all over the place. Well, to I, show, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's still not. It's not bad yeah. by any means. But I just, I, I would have also here, liked to seen what they could have done with the Vegas brothers or whatever. But here's the thing: not the Vegas brothers, yeah, but the the Gecko know, brothers. The Gecko here's brothers. the thing: I don't think, as great as that opening is, I don't think any ending could have matched that the same way. I don't think any opening could have matched. The ending. Yeah. Like, I think while they do operate almost like two separate movies, like, they need each other. Otherwise, they'd both be sort of forgettable. Well, here's a question that's kind of piggybacks on all this. We'll never know. <laughs> January 96, as this comes out, Scream comes out December 96. This is a meta movie. It's a very meta movie. They're literally talking about how the vampires in pop culture. You mean like a Time Life book? Yeah, <laughs> no, like a real book. Yeah, right? I mean, but it, but it's seriously, like, if you think about it, like, just to it, put two sticks together. Peter Cushing does it all the time. Yeah. I mean, they, they have it, it's yeah. literally scream before scream. And yet, you know. Well, he's injecting the, the, the Pulp Fiction of it all. This is the first thing he wrote, I guess, and got produced after Pulp Fiction, right? Yeah. Well, I think he wrote this script as like a, a favor to the guys for doing the special effects on the cheap for Reservoir Dogs. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I think Robert Kurtzman came up with a story for from Dust Till Dawn. He did. Did yeah, he, he did. do the effects as well on Reservoir Dogs? Yes, I believe I think it was K and B. I believe yeah, he wrote. Yeah, Kurtzman. He was essentially commissioned to do this script for K and B. Wow, there you go. He was a pal. Well, very nice of you, Quentin. Which makes sense why Tom Savini is it. It's one of my ter- favorite. If you have to rank like everything Tarantino was involved in in his ovu, uh, this is near the top. Oh, for me. I yeah, this, this is, I love it. Wow, I love it. I love this movie. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. I, I still have never seen it in the big screen, and I'm dying to see it in the big screen. They, they I know they played it at the Music Box of Horrors like a few years ago, but it was at noon. It was probably like at 6 a.m. Yeah, or it, was, it was like, this isn't going to happen. But uh, We did it with... Uh, yeah, you did it last year, didn't you, or the year before? We did it at the drive-in with um, oh, the other guy. And I, oh, I'm shame on me for... Well, while you're looking that up, what are we drinking here? Because I, I feel like it's got to be tequila, right? I mean, that's it. You, oh. know, what, you know what? I hate tequila... But it would have to be tequila. Right, yeah. No, 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 guys, guys. Bloody Mary. Uh-oh. Shots of mes- no shots of mezcal. <laughs> oh, okay, that's true. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, yeah. I take it back. Oh, I take oh, it back. Wait, there. I see where you're going with this. With, with a, a side I, of a with a side of Salma Hayek's foot. Yeah, and a lime. I like a little <laughs> bit of lime after a. Uh, I like to drip it all over the foot and then put yeah, my mouth on it. Yeah, that's what I like to do. I insist upon lime if I'm ever doing that. I'm like, no, stop. Get the lime. Yeah, I don't always need it, but sometimes it's just a nice res bit do you, after that shot of mezcal. Do you eat the food though? It's the best food. In, uh, no, t- God, in, no. In oh no, no, no! I'm staying away from the food there. Tanny Trejo. It's nothing to do with Mexico. It, it's more to do with the uh, the ambiance of the oh, Tanny Trejo. I'm not going to get near any of the food. The ambiance. All right, and then la- last question is uh, the the flesh guitar. Too much or just great? Just great. Yeah, that's I, just great because it's such a it quick makes no beat. Sense. It doesn't really yeah. linger yeah, on I it. I love it. But, but I do hey, wanna... look, man, there's strings on there. They figured it out. <laughs> I do want to add that if you're ever in Austin on 6th Street, there's a bar called Casino El Camino that it's interior-wise, the design and the layout is the closest thing I've seen to the Titty Twister in real life. I feel like I, oh, I wonder Lord if I've been there. And 
you can get Malort there. Oh. Well, in that case, I'm steering clear. I'd rather go to the Titty Twister knowing there's vampires. <laughs> and and one night, I watched Wait. the end of... At South by Southwest, I watched the end of Army of Darkness at Casino El Camino before riding a... Before essentially stealing one of those, like, Divi bikes, because there was no timer or anything, and riding my bike home, because all the Ubers were, like, impossible to get. Yeah. Stop. Well, that sounds pretty cool, though. Yeah. That's well, pretty cool. Well, you know. Uh, cool. Wait, bar, hey, Vanda, what was the movie? What was the movie? They have the best with? food on six. What's that? What was the movie it paired with? Did you check? Oh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Well, I have one I'm last thing up. to kind of tag us on, because here's the thing. We've, we've, we're at the end. And if you, if you noticed, if you've been keeping tabs, the only movie on our list to be out of the eighties is from Dustal Dawn. So, mm. you know, every, uh, otherwise every other one of our picks is from the eighties. So I, I got to ask, is the bar an antiquated setting for horror now? The film was Pedito to Pedito Durango. Oh, okay. Let me check Rothman. Cause I think my initial list, I might've had some stuff. You did outside of the eighties. You certainly did. Um, okay. I'm, 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 I got, I got a screenshot yeah. somewhere here too. I can pull it up. Okay, I've got um, some ones we didn't mention. We can just run through real quick. I'm, I'm trying to check if something out of the '80s. Not many. I'm telling I, you, I did name for fun. Um, actually, the only one I think that well, Scream 2022 because I just remember there's a one bar quick in it. scene with <laughs> Vince. Where, where they're playing pool. Yeah. I think yeah, out of a cool bar, I'd hang out. But yeah. I did have in there to, to kind of do a little flip it to try, to flip the script a little bit. I had the the Dream Bar in Demon Night. Yeah, that's '90s. And that um, that Dick goes to, and you know Billy Zane serving. Yeah, that's the bar I had in mind there. I had I had VFW, which is from uh, only two love years ago. Movie. I love it. It's a fucking blast, and I kind of want the, a sequel from them. Um, Those are the same people that did uh, what's that kind of pseudo vampire movie? No, yeah. I like very, that movie too. I'm not crazy about I it. I did not like no, that. No, I wasn't movie at crazy all. about that one. But I'm not. Uh, was Joe Bagos. I, I like his work. I like Bagos. I VFW, I really liked a lot. And I love the cast in that. And, uh, you know, especially my favorite uh, conservative actor, Martin Cove. Um, but. Uh, no, we don't know. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Whatever. Um, no, not, not even alleged. Uh, likeably. Yeah. <laughs> likeably. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway. Um, well, look, this has been fun. I'm, I'm about. Seven sheets to the win. I don't know about you, but uh, before we go, I'm on straight vitamin water tonight. Man. Are you really? I had some beer. I had some beer in a recording last. I'm night waiting for my Condoba burrito right now, and I'm like excited. <laughs> I've always prided myself as being a long hitter. I can I I, I can go the whole day. It's just uh, you know it's skill. Yeah, there is a skill there, especially when playing you... play, playing it smart. Stay away from the shots if you want to go all day. That's the trick. Except you that don't. And if, and if you think and if you think you're drinking enough water, you're not. Just keep eating burritos. That's the best thing. It soaks up everything, everything up. That's my go-to for any time I'm, I'm like even drunk or remote snack all day. It's, yeah. Hey, just remember if you if you're drinking beer all day though, do not chase it with liquor. That's true. Am I right? That's, you know, uh, don't do that. You know, beer before, beer before liquor, liquor never, never sicker. sicker. No, that. you've never is that heard old that, wives' right? tale, Vanderbilt. None of that's true. No, that's no, that's absolutely true. Yeah, I can drink. I can drink a lot of whiskey and then drink beer. If I drink. If it's the opposite, I will throw up that night. Really? Absolutely. And I don't throw up a lot, but I know that's even as drunk as I can get drinking beer to start. I know not to drink any shots later on that night or I'll be fucked. I know it. <laughs> well, look, before we go. I got a little baby belly, I guess, apparently. you know, A little piss baby belly. A little piss baby well, belly. Well, we mentioned sloppy corned beef sandwiches before, and I know the first, for a fact that we'll probably be eating some of those later on tonight. But uh, let's tell everyone where we're going next. Vanderbilt. 
I say between bars and porn stars, you've been pretty busy. So why don't you catch everyone up on what you're doing next? Uh, I don't know how you, you know, you're on a tour here right now, every day. More yeah, more we're podcasts. doing the Halloweenies promotional tour where I'm dropping by a lot of people who are just fans of our show and just really dig the shit out of the Halloweenies. I, it's great to talk to people who, uh, you, you talk to them online, but to actually sit down and have a conversation with them about stuff outside of horror movies has been a lot of fun. We stopped by the Red River podcast, stopped by the Call Out Culture podcast, stopped by Brandon Peters' podcast to talk about Transformers the movie, uh-huh. which, I mean, the eventually the Halloweenies we're gonna we're gonna cover that movie yeah. uh eventually. watch out with caffrey he'll go six hours spend, on that one spend that 50 bucks guys make us do it yeah. make us do it and then uh, of course you'll find me at windy city double feature picture show find me on twitter at mike vanderbilt and actually after, after we're done recording this one i'm recording the first episode of my new podcast venture which will be premiering on friday april 1st oh and it won't be is a this, joke you can say what this is no i can't not yet oh, all right well is this, one, is this the one that we've talked about off mic yes Oh, I'm looking forward to this very much, actually. Like, yeah, I think it's a cool concept, and uh, mm-hmm. we're going to see how it goes. But I, I think it'll be a lot of fun, and I will be—I will officially have a podcast for about just about everything I love. That's great. That's, That's great. what you Ruffman, want. <laughs> not to spoil it, but Rothman, it, it is a replacement podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> if it is, I will lose my mind. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm but, kidding, uh, I'm kidding. hey, you know, we have another podcast, this one, Halloweenies. Uh, and what else we got coming up this month? Justin. Oh my lord! I mean, right now it's it's in March, so it's it's the start of Evil Dead season. Obviously, Cannot as you heard at the beginning of this episode. Wait. Yeah, yeah, Evil Dead all year. Not just the movies, but also the upcoming movie, the remake, the TV show, uh, the video games, and the upcoming video games. Can't wait! So we've got a lot coming up on that regard, and also on Patreon. I know Mike Rothman's taking us to a, another cozy place. No bar, but it's a, definitely a cozy big house. <laughs> big house, changing. Yeah. The cold but, mansion. But to be fair, though, starring a man who liked to partake in alcohol, George C. Scott, rest in peace. <laughs> so we'll be having a drink with George at the ch- that is true. at the Changeling House. Yeah. Maybe we'll make some. We'll certainly make some cracks about Angus and uh, you know Doctor Strangelove, and uh, maybe we'll squeeze in Patton there. You know, that's a that's a. Nice well, my movie. favorite line in Changeling, as we all know, is "Go for it, Changeling." <laughs> Uh, That's not true. That doesn't really happen. Yeah, it plays Green Day underneath. (laughs) Uh, Okay, goodbye. All right, well, look, it's been fun. It's time to nurse my neck. It's time to put my feet up. Uh, We survived the night, but will we survive the morning? Only time will tell if we're dead by dawn. If so, we're gonna get you. We're gonna get you. Stay groovy, baby, and hail to the king. This is the end of our show, for now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more.